my name is Gavin. And we are the Blanchard Brothers, here to round out 2021 with you. Feliz Navidad, Noah. And Feliz Navidad. Hope everybody had a merry, a very, very merry Christmas. I hope it was a marshmallow world in December. Sure. Um, Yeah. I hope everybody had a good time. We, We certainly did. I did. Yeah. I love that you put your drive jacket on and didn't take it off for a while. Wait, I mean, go ahead and, yeah, way to spoil it. Yeah. But, yeah, Gavin got me definitely the coolest gift of the year uh, in, a, in a white box with a simple red ribbon. <laughs> and it was labeled to a real hero from a real human being. And here, here's how thoughtful my brother is. I'm, I made a passing reference recently. I revealed to you, it's probably like, the third or fourth time we've talked about this but i was like dude every halloween you know i look like in october because they have all these replicas on amazon i'm always scared to order because of the size and right. blah, blah blah anyways my brother gets me like it just it felt like a glove speaking yeah. of gloves got part two of the gift oh yeah which were the the you know light tan fingerless leather driving gloves yeah that he also sports in the movie so i have a halloween costume forever now yes basically as long as i can fit in it it's a it's a very good like incentive to like all right you can't you can't get if you too reach big. over that third beer <laughs> maybe you're like uh <coughs> maybe i'll just have two tonight and that's that exactly yeah yeah so uh thank you for that maybe that i'll stop definitely... driving these expensive cars maybe ride a bike once in a while yeah well, and again, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod before, but I am currently a chauffeur as my second job, and I wish I had it for this past Halloween, but I'm so happy that I'll have it for the next yeah. one because I'm totally going to dress as the driver. Well, basically, I went to mom and dad, and I was like, look, if you guys don't get him a nice, like, overcoat to go over his, like, you know, suit that he wears... Then I will. And they were like, oh, okay. You know, because I knew that was probably something you weren't going to put on your list, but that you had mentioned to me before when it was really cold. And speaking of that, it's what, 80 degrees in December right now? Yes. 70 something. Um, and I'm like, I'm in shorts again. I'm like, is January and February going to be cold? Or is yes. this just like what this is like yeah. now? Somebody said something to me about it at work today. I was like, this just makes me scared for July or May, June. Like, if it's nice now, can you imagine how terrible it's going to be? Oh, yeah, it's going to be miserable. Global warming is real, Noah. Don't look up. Okay? Anyway. um, (laughs) But, yeah, so when they were like, yeah, we'll do that, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get the drive jacket because, I mean, it's just, it's it's like quintessentially you. Like, I didn't know anything about that movie. And you were like, drive? And I was like, no. And you were like, dude, it's like he's every 80s hero you would love doesn't speak a lot just like you you would you gavin would love this movie and that was like my entrance to that world of like refin and just like neo-noir it was so like every time it's one of those like i don't know if i own i may or may not but like when it's on someplace like we're just gonna leave it here like we're not gonna change it it very rarely is but like when it is on like a movie channel or something i'm like yeah i'm gonna leave it here just because is that too when is that? Is that 2011? Yeah, it's like when was we it could... 2011? 
I think we could revisit it this year on a rewatch if we wanted to, because I honestly have not sat down and watched it since probably like the second time I watched it's it. It's horrible that I can't recall it. Yeah, it is 2011. Never yeah. mind. I did, I did recall it yeah. because, you know, because yeah. I did that. Yeah. So it would have worked for this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. It would have. It's the 10-year rule already, but right. keep that in your back pocket for two-by-twos for next year. Yeah. For sure. It's just a shame we went ahead and did did didn't Thieves do, do, and, this year because yeah, I would have done it for... And we didn't do Drive December. Yeah. Yeah. We fucked that up. Yeah. But luckily, um, Double, <laughs> Double Dragon and uh, Dragon Bruce Lee Story, those are up on Patreon for anybody who wants to go subscribe to Patreon and find that episode. Yeah. But, you know... It's the new new $7 tier. Yeah. Exclusive. The executive branch. Right. Okay. Uh, so... This is kind of part one of our year in wrap-up. This is right. the last time we'll talk to you uh, in the year 2021. Right. But uh, we, of course, we got plenty of movies we still need to catch up with. I feel great about my list right now. Yeah, me too. I think, like, actually really solid year for movies overall, mm-hmm. even though a lot of them are still struggling. We'll get into all that on our movie episode. But uh, we're going to talk about albums and TV. Yes. And we're going to do it a little different than we have in years past. Partially because of uh, many a retroactive copyright strike right. against our feeds, mm-hmm. uh, both the Music Arc and, well, this is the former Music Arc feed. So they've all been on this yeah. Arc of E podcast feed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so as not to get dinged, we're just going to have a conversation. Right. About our favorite albums of the year, which is weirdly, I feel like a lot of shows do that now in retrospect, like don't even bother playing clips. And so I think like we got really sold on like the idea of like, are you talking you two to me? And didn't think about the fact that like somewhere somebody probably said, hey, can we do this? Well, and the, also, the license- like, are you going to sue Adam Scott and right. Scott Ackerman? Like, are you really going to are you really going to be mad at? those guys exactly but weirdly of course i feel like if it was joe schmo and bill nobody because mm-hmm. those are real names um from sculpture south carolina yeah then you know they've got money let's they, sue them yeah of course yeah, i don't know so raking in the dough in the podcast world in an effort tell you. to just avoid that altogether yeah we're gonna just talk through our favorite albums. Yes. We maybe shout out some individual tracks. And oh, as definitely. you do that, I can build our Spotify playlist yeah, for the end of the year. And uh, you guys can go check that out whenever you're done listening to this. Or if you're listening on Spotify, you can just add these songs and albums as we talk through them. Yeah. And then go check out them at your leisure. The ones that you think you might be interested in. Agreed. So this will be interesting for us. We get to try and sell them all verbally to each other, mm-hmm. which will be interesting. And then gonna we'll talk TV. My, the, I say we o- I say we open with albums because that's going to be not as long, most likely a little shorter, a little shorter. Um, and maybe that'll be the yeah, the bit of medicine before we get full on into TV, which you know we can get into the debate the debate whenever we uh, get to our movies episode, but. I feel like year after year recently, we're like, I don't know. Was there more TV that blew right. your mind or were, did you have better theatrical experiences right. or home experiences? So, uh, okay. But yeah, you want to open with, with albums? Yeah, yeah, I can do I that. mean, we also <clears throat> did tease. I'm, I'm dying to talk about 
The Matrix Resurrections with you. And what was the other one you just mentioned a bit ago? That you just watched? We, you referenced something at the top. Recent um, movie. Oh, don't don't look up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which we could also talk about, I'm yeah. sure, for like a half an hour. Yeah. I just, I don't... We could I, tease those two into our movie podcast. We could trail out with those. Just a little conversation at the end of the we'll TV. See, we'll just see to, where we're at yeah. when we get through these lists. Yeah. Uh, so hit me with uh, your your favorite album. Number uh, number ten. Number, okay, we did, we're doing a top ten. Yeah, that's correct. That works. Yes. yes. Number ten <laughs> for me is um, "Call Me If You Get Lost" from Tyler the Creator. Okay, lower than I thought you would have had it. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what you have above it. This seems like a a critical favorite of the year. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I haven't listened to it yet. So you tell me why I need to right now. Because if you're a fan of when you downloaded music on Kazaa or LimeWire and there would be somebody just shouting out shit over the track before they started, that's what DJ Drama does for like the first half of the album, and it's great. Okay. I can't say I'm like a fan of that, but... It's just, it's a weird it's nostalgia thing because it's okay. like you hear the gangster crazy, you hear that all the time, and you hear Drama explaining what I they're doing. Like that's, I mean, that's been a thing for a while, yeah, which it's is just, like you, it's pick nice... the, you pick the drop or whatever that right. you want to just like disperse throughout the song. Almost right. like they loaded up this one audio file to a pad on there. Right. When they're making their beat. Or like when somebody like, makes a YouTube video and they keep dropping little <laughs> and stuff into it, yeah. Um, For sure. I okay, will tell wait, you so that... where does this... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm saying... Off. The reason you I would sell it is because... I don't. To me, the title is indicative of the album. Call me if you get lost. There's so much. No song bleeds into another. There mm-hmm. is no cohesion in that sense. It is like we're doing this, and then boom, we're doing this, and we're doing that. And it's almost like you can follow his alter ego, uh, Tyler Bell, uh, Bol Bolivar, whatever. His, I can't remember what his name is. Um, like you follow his alter ego on these places he's going. And it's literally like, when you get lost, you can call me. Like, you can if you can't keep up with what I'm doing in each song, call me, and I'll let you know where I'm at. And I just, I where, think that's a nice little play. Where does this rank for you as far as the recent ones? I like Flower Boy quite a bit. Yeah. Igor a little less so. I like um, Igor a lot. Maybe Not, I need to revisit that one. I don't know if I've listened to enough. Of, I don't think I caught Flower Boy, honestly. So I probably need to listen to that to see if that's up there. But... Immediately after I listened to it, I went back to like the first album and listened to that again. And it's just crazy to like in what, 2011, 2010, 2012, when he kind of burst on the scene, it's like, this is what he was doing. And it like to move from that to what I just heard was like, okay, like you, you've grown and I don't need you to grow. I don't need any artist to like grow in their self. I don't mind if people phone it in. There's one on my list that I feel like somebody's not necessarily growing, but they're not like regressing. They're just kind of giving me more of what I love and I don't hate it. So, but with this one, especially you can tell, like if you listen throughout, you're like, okay, this is definitely an evolution, but this is also someone who's grown up, learned and like is aware of it and will point it out to you on different tracks as to like, I know what I'm doing here. There's a reason why I have this many albums out. And there is a reason why people like this one. And it, like you said, it is critically acclaimed, but yeah, that was my number 10. All right. Uh, My number 10 is Jubilee by Japanese breakfast. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was introduced to me. Michelle Zahner's the artist, but she goes by Japanese breakfast here. She's a multi hyphenate author. 
I think now screenwriter as well. They're I think she adapted her own memoir. Hmm. It's gonna be a movie next year or something. Interesting. Uh, she just scored a video game that I need to play. She's she's doing a lot of stuff. Anyways, I was introduced to her through Yoni's podcast, The Wandering Wolf. Uh, so that was probably a good two years ago. And I like I checked out a little bit, but I I didn't do like a full on deep dive. Right. And then this one started getting a little traction, and mainly the the big lead single off it called uh, "Be Sweet" was kind of I mean it was all over most like the alternative stations, but I feel like it was even on some pop stations. Cause it's a, it's very hooky. It's got like a really infectious synth line. Hmm. That's the one I would shout out to people to like, or you may have already heard it probably if you, if you listen to the radio at all, uh, which I have to at work. So that's one of those where I was like, Oh yeah, I don't, I don't mind this. I like this. Who hmm. is this? And then I was like, Oh, I already know her anyways. So, uh, whole album's very varied. Make sure I say that correctly. Very varied. But, uh, cohesive at the same time i really really dug it it's the only one of hers that i've gotten like deeply into i need to and now i'm reminding myself that like dude yeah you kind of just got hooked on that one one album so now i need to go go back and check out more Hmm. but yeah jubilee from japanese breakfast that's my number 10 back to you for your number nine my number nine i need to get the um nope i need to get the sorry i didn't mean to do that um I need to get the album Don't name. Don't play anything. Oh, oh. Can you name that tune in? Um, yeah, maybe if we play it shittily through our cell phones, right. the no algorithm one, no will pick it up. Yeah. Maybe that's what um, we should do. My number nine is When You See Yourself from the Kings of Leon. I did, I, you know what? I think I listened to like the two Bandit, singles they dropped. Bandit, Stormy Weather. Yeah, probably. Okay, Bandit, I definitely remember. Uh... But yeah, no, I spaced on this one. I don't even know if I ever sat and listened to it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a, I mean, it's... I mean, it's a Kings of Leon record? Yeah, but so, it, I, I don't know. Part of me is like the one, what was it? I can't remember the name of it. It's the one that had Tonight and um, Family family Tree and all this other stuff on it from a couple years ago. Like, does that come around sundown or is that Mechanical Bull? Mechanical Bull. Mechanical Bull to me is their best album. I love all. I I can sit and listen to that on repeat, especially when you like. I I just feel like they should move tonight to as so, an end end track. I mean, I don't mean this to be like mean, but also who cares? Because again, they're notoriously or were at one time one of the most like egotistical like right. shithead bands on the planet. Mm-hmm. Who I still enjoyed begrudgingly. Right. Yeah. Every time they put out an album, I'd be ready to like write them off and like hate these guys but inevitably i would be like oh there's like six songs on here that i really fucking like so um yeah i'm gonna but i'm still gonna be a little bit of an asshole and say that they peaked with because of the times and uh everything since has been like a a diminished step down that i still thoroughly enjoy i was gonna say only by uh, the night was like the one that i thought everybody was just like who the fuck are these i guys? mean that was the breakthrough album but right. yeah because of the times right before it right has way better songs and is way, like the track list alone but again i love uh didn't only, listen to only Walls. by the night is yeah that what it is yeah uh it's still great album even though a lot of those songs got way way overplayed mm-hmm. that was part of an issue uh, but yeah, Come Around Sundown, in retrospect, has 
that I don't know. That might be my later period or like second half. Uh, that might be my contender. But I need to go back to Mechanical Bull. It's got some good stuff on it. And I need to check this one out. What is it called again? When you see yourself. It's like their faces in a pool. Is that, how? What was the cover? This is the cover. Oh, okay. I think you're thinking. I remember the aesthetic. Walls. It's the faces Walls of the pool. Walls is the, another album that completely just disappeared yep, me too. from my I, brain. I, I sold out on it, and I tried. I mean, I remember Mochacho off of that. That's the only song I remember off that, and I, I don't know. But what was the... There was a lead single off that that I really liked. Waste a Moment, maybe? Yeah, Waste a Moment. Fucking great. Yeah. I, I mean, again... They do what they do. Uh, speaking of, uh, these do, they. I was just gonna say this. God. I think what it is with them is that they're they are from Nashville, and I think it, they're probably one of the more well known rock acts that comes from a country town. There's tons of country influence everywhere, but I feel like they fight that all the time because yeah. of where they're from, and so that may be what we're perceiving as them being like you know, egotistical big dicks, like we can do whatever because they, and to be they fair, come from a music Most of that town. was attributed to Caleb, the lead singer right. specifically. Right. And again, he has the voice for Nashville. And I think that's what I love about it. It's the same thing I love about Sturgill Simpson. It's like yeah. that guy can do country music one minute and turn around and write what I thought was a phenomenal, just album out of nowhere that, you know, right after winning a Grammy, he does this crazy different genre, rock and roll, futuristic you know whatever album and goes right back to country standards and people are like they don't want to talk about that other one but i love that other one you know what i mean it's the same thing when i talk about how chris stapleton should just play blues like i get great voice love him but if he just played blues i think he you know that's his true calling you know but that's just me that's me personally so maybe that's what it is with them anyway give me your number nine i was uh, so speaking of bands that have been around for a while um, either deciding to kind of stay and occupy the same space or do a little bit of a departure. I'm hoping you're going to tell me to table my number nine, which is Pressure Machine. Table that bitch. Okay. By the killers, mm-hmm. by the way. Okay, yeah. yeah. I can put it on, It's on the table. Okay. As is my phone. That has my list. So All right. Okay. Back to you for your number eight. My number eight. Noah, I need you to call me by Montero. That's not the name. Montero's the name of the album. Montero is the name of the album. I just call uh, me by your name, yeah. I've been waiting for this kid to put out an album because I've I've been a fan. Not like a like diehard fan, like, oh my god. But like I'm like, here's a kid who was just making songs and stuff. He he put out a thing that like to a to a genre and like an audience that like loved it. But when they found they out he was black, they were like, receive it. they didn't know what to think. And it took one of their own, say what you want about the guy. It took Billy Ray Cyrus coming along being like, I like this shit. I like this kid. I want to do this song with him, you know? And as like publicity, you know, as like, you know, cliche and like, oh, look at him. It's so as like people in that country realm took it. I mean, it's pretty well understood that like Miley is the one who presumably put that together oh yeah i would imagine i'm not gonna say anything but like it doesn't matter i would feel like if billy ray cyrus didn't want to do it because he didn't want to be like i don't want to be the guy that's like helping the black kid do country music he wouldn't do it i feel like he gets it more than i feel like he gets it too right but 
that again as a result of like where she's at right. in her career. But but again, I feel like he gets it not because like oh this is a chance for me to get back to achy breaky status. I feel like okay. he gets it because he understands like we don't this ha- kid just put a song out and now everybody loves it. We don't have to relitigate Old Town right. Road. I, it was a smash sensation. Right. It'll be with us for a very long. And time. And I love every song, every single I heard from this coming out. I thought was great. Agreed. I haven't listened to the album proper, but all of the singles totally work. Like I. I I will tell you. I enjoy them. Great. That's what I want. I just watched the video for it. It is a fucking Mori Povich episode where he met somebody playing at football practice and like they're in love, but the dude has a girl, has a wife and a kid, but the kid might not be the football player. It's it's a wild, it's fucking wild, dude. Okay. The song really I, is I, n- not relevant whatsoever. I need to catch video. up on the videos it's, because I was, I was enjoying them thus far. Yeah. And you, I... You would appreciate it. Again, anybody who's courting that much controversy and just doing their own thing. Oh, I, hell yeah, I, man. 100%. 100%. Um, I, but yeah, I need to listen to it proper. I've only yeah. heard the singles, really. Yeah. But that's like five or six out songs off the album, right? Right. Like, yeah. Again, driving around for this job, a lot of people are just like, put on top 100 songs, whatever, on Spotify, you know, just whatever the biggest shit it is. And he's always yeah. has a bunch in the mm-hmm. top 10. Uh, okay. My number eight is a record I just bought for our father on vinyl as his Christmas present. It's Talk Memory by Bad Bad Not Good. Okay. And this one, I feel like I can play a little bit of because it's all instrumental and fuck it. And I'm just going to play it off my phone while I talk about it for a little bit. Okay. So, um, they've been around. For quite a while, they're no. I mean, they're pretty notorious as like maybe the premier like indie jazz ensemble. They have they made a record called Sour Soul, which is just like them jamming with Ghostface Killa, what rhyming over top of it. Okay, uh, whole album together. Uh, their album Four Roman numeral Four um, has a lot of instrumentals, but also has some vocal uh, accompaniment on certain tracks. That's how I was initially introduced to them because uh, Sam Herring, uh, lead singer of Future Islands, one of my favorite bands, has a track with them, which is also one of my favorite tracks he's ever done. So uh, that was my initial introduction to them. But Talk Memory is 100% instrumental and is just a beautiful, like, musical collage and like and this isn't you like just making stuff up (laughs) no this is not me um i wish but just listen to these horns baby i mean but yeah i mean my birthday is next month if you want to get me a saxophone we can jam bro you me a saxophone garage band you're gonna learn the sax oh yeah i would love to okay it's the one skill i wish i had just okay. out of nowhere. But yeah. If you if you're just looking for some some very just chill vibes and some excellent instrumentation from some incredible musicians, Talk Memory, Bad Bad Not Good. Huge recommend. That's my number 8. And you said that's the, that's the vinyl you got dad for Christmas? It sure is. Oh, okay. I haven't gotten a reaction yet. So pop if you're listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you've thrown it on when you're Three or four beers deep, 
checking out some football and you, you need a break from the stress of the game. So tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Come on, man. Yeah, you... you Come on, dude. Yeah, you described this as like it's white boy jazz. You'll like it. I, I mean, was like, it, okay. He because he looked very puzzled by it, and it like came in a what very, a other, very nice vinyl package. What was the other like, one that you bought him? You showed me the video of a long time ago. It was something. I got him Wahada's. Not that it's an, another band. You got him the you got him the album for it. He has it. I know because I've seen him. I was like, I know that's the band. Noah sent me. It, the video looked really old school. This was a while back. Like you were living over on James Island. Okay. Um, it looked like an almost like an old school like lodge type thing. This guy was playing at or something like that. All I'll say, table it weirdly. I don't know how we got to that, but I mean, okay, that album is on my list, so we'll get to it. No, it wasn't this year. It was years ago. Yes, but their album this year is on my list. Oh, okay, so we can talk about it. Okay, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking. about. I just about. want to know the name so I can go back and listen because I remember liking it, but I never really like dove into more than like one or two tracks, and then okay. all of a sudden, Dad's got the vinyl. And okay, I'm like, oh, there, okay, there we go. So we're able to get a little instrumental interlude. I think we'll avoid the hopefully the algorithm there. You um, could also just say who the album is and what label it's on. So like maybe they don't. Maybe it's like if you don't do a works cited page, they get mad at you. You know what I mean? It's in the show notes. Okay. Hey, check there. Okay. okay. <laughs> Whatever. Algorithm. Know. Get off my back. Okay. Uh, what are we on? Your number seven? Yes. Okay. My number seven is a self-titled album release. I don't none. have any of those, so it's definitely not a crossover. It is definitely Lindsey Buckingham. Huge miscalculation on my part. I honestly... <sighs> what did you think? I, this, this is... This is now that, oh, God, this is the moment. I feel like we have one every year. Mm -hmm. I'm mad at myself. I mean, looking at my list, I feel really good about my list. Mm -hmm. But, you know, would I kick would I kick everybody down a notch and, like, unfortunately kick off Japanese breakfast just to get Lindsay in my top five? I would consider doing it because yeah. I absolutely love this record. I thought it was fucking great. Like, pound for pound, track for track, I was like, this is everything I want him to be doing. I know we can't get, like, a proper new Fleetwood record. Right. It's never going to happen again. Um, He's still my favorite guitarist of, of all, all time. time. Like, the best. He's my favorite. He's and he's just, just snuck best. up there. You don't think about it. And honestly, it wasn't until we saw them live, and that motherfucker played every song like he was never going to play another song again. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, holy shit. The action is the juice for this guy. Like that is exactly that's the easiest. Yeah, you know, like the because sometimes it would get to the point where the others are looking at him like, "Bro, are you like, are you coming right now? What the hell?" Because he's just <laughs> he is playing his heart out, and you know, I will cheat a little bit and say that I know you don't like me to do this. I haven't done it in a while. I did listen to him on Marin, and I did listen to him on Soda Jerker on songwriter or songwriting, and it just knowing like where he was at what he was doing the whole thing with the band what this goes into it's nice to know at least at this day and age knowing like what it meant for him to join that band and the first album they have be so great him getting to be like well let's let me give a little bit more for the next one and then tusk comes out and it's not really appreciated till years later and the next thing they go to after tusk is like well, we're not gonna do that shit again and like i just wish that like all things considered, maybe if that happens, we don't get this album. But 
you always want to go back and wonder if one certain thing had happened with this band, what could we have seen? So you go back, you think, what if Tusk is a hit and like people love it? And they start letting Lindsay do more and more of like, let me get some of my songs in there. Does he still have a solo career? Do we have any other of these great solos that he's come out with? But I mean, have, it's have crazy. Have you gone back? Oh, yeah. Because I was going to say, you wanted to talk about like stuff you got into this year. As a result of that, Like I went back and listened to Law & Order, maybe for the first time yeah. ever, only knowing the song Trouble prior. Right. And I was just like, dude, that's a fucking like fucking fire dude killer solo debut yes yes one of and and that's one of the things i wanted to do but remember we were trying to come up with stuff for music a long time ago i wanted to do a thing of like we need people who went solo no no best solo debuts from people known for another band so like you could throw phil in there you could throw Lindsey buckingham in there you could do whatever anybody who is known for another band at one point they were like and they had to be relatively successful what you know who's got the best solo debut coming from that you know what i mean so that was again i know we don't do a lot just because of the whole copyright thing but if we do decide to start doing any new music stuff at some point i think it would be fun to like go back and look at little little niche things like that i think there's a way to maybe make this work which is if we if we decide to like dip our toes more back into music next year we record dry normal like we would right now Mm -hmm. we release the episode as is but then our patreon users yeah but then we're charging for something that but that's you know we just produced an episode we just this is just direct content for our fans this is just doing it for for the people yeah like we're not selling their pro I feel like we could work around this. No, we can. I can. We can take it to copyright and fair use. You know, I don't think that's a what I'm with saying. That. I think, you know, I think maybe you get the unedited extended editions on Patreon mm-hmm. is a, is a possible way to do it. And again, or we make our own. We we come up with our own app and our own feed. Like we build our own thing for people to download. And yeah, we or put it out there. we just have a uh, Spotify playlist for every single episode, which is definitely a route. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, again, huge miscalculation on my part. Lindsey Buckingham's album, incredible. Agreed. Uh, So that's sort of crossover as well. My actual number seven, because I'm not adjusting this list, is I Want the Door to Open by La 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 La. Oh. Did you miss this one? I did. Oh. I might have to go. I might have to listen to that on the ride home. Yeah, you should. Uh... Is it as good as the other one? Is it the Lamb? The Is Lamb, that, yes. Uh, which was on both of our top tens. The yes, year it came out. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, as, Short and, answer. Yeah, and I love that record. Okay. Uh, this is. I mean, this is another one. That, honestly, everything on this list outside of my number one slot, you could like just shuffle around because um, I I love. All of these records kind of equally, honestly, except I mean, I can't give you my definitive number one that I'm like, nothing touches this for me. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's everything that was great about the first record, but like sonically even more inventive. Did you have anything? You only worked on. Yes. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he was on the entirety of the record or like specific tracks. I'm honestly not sure, but he did work on it. There's mm-hmm. a couple other producers as well. I don't know. I'm wondering 
what the connection is or whatever. But I've seen her palling around with uh, Mike Hadris and company from Perfume Genius. Hmm. And so I don't know if Blake Mills was involved in this. I need to dive deeper into like the credits on this one. But it's it's everything you like about her music, but just richer and more textured like versions of it. Uh, just, just more great shit. If you haven't checked out La 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 La, hmm, okay, Miss Lily West, uh, great record. Yes, I would on the whole. Yes, I would say I liked it better than Lamp, but I love that record too. <laughs> and honestly, I didn't go back to that one. I just was like stuck in this mode for a, ch- a chunk of the year. Uh, side note, Yoni had a few little like singles and stuff that came out, but Jaime's Basement, one of his side projects, put out their first song together in like over a decade, which oh, was wow. awesome. And I am currently signed up for this thing. I basically just moved over from his Patreon to this new thing that Joyful Noise, their label, is doing. It's they're the first artist experimenting with it, but it's an artist in residence thing where basically. You can give, you either give like five, ten, or fifteen dollars a month, and you're basically funding the album and seeing the album get made. So every I saw, month, I saw this. Every month you yeah. get essentially a demo that will eventually be a full band, fully produced track on the next Y record. But you get the demo version of it. You get a little thing with him talking about it a bit, mm-hmm. and you also get a cover song each month. Uh, Sounds like some cult work should do. If you, yeah, so they could get and a, then a movie if out. You <laughs> try not to talk about it. We have definitely tethered together. Why and Coat Wolf? Every time we bring up Shit, one or I the other, no, I didn't even mean to. Damn it. Up. I did not mean Anyways, to do that. That's not on purpose. Um, I'm sorry. So, yeah, you get a demo and a cover song and a little video with Yoni. I actually that reminds me that I need to go check up on it because i haven't watched the one for i definitely haven't watched the one for december Hmm. anyways and then if you're like signed up at the higher tiers you get literally like a vinyl a limited edition vinyl press single Hmm. of those demos like of each one of them so you get one every month uh but yeah and we're essentially like funding the next y record Hmm. and at the end of i guess a full calendar year we'll have you know a 12 track or possibly longer Y record. So yeah, look forward to that. We'll talk about it more. But if anybody wants to sign up, uh, go check out joyfulnoise.com uh, or check out Yoni or Wise Instagram. There's definitely links and shit if you want to be a part of it. Go support them. They, they were a huge help. I mean, this feed hit the biggest numbers it ever has when we were doing the Y show. Mm-hmm. When and it had nothing to do with us. It was all about the music. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and we were smart enough to pick a small enough, like, small enough band, label-wise, mm-hmm. that nobody was going to come after us. And then we were also smart enough to somehow end up making friends with the lead singer so that they would not sue us. Yes. Um, and they still haven't, so. That's great. our big surprise for the next year when it starts in May. It's just a giant stack you know, of, like, yeah. You know, you got to take all these down. Now. <laughs> now. 
guess what? Somebody else, they're making the real one podcast. <laughs> right. You guys got it. Yeah. That shit. Down. They're taking every song. Every song's an episode, hour long. They're dissecting that, it. I mean, if we want to be real, that's the way to do it. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm surprised nobody has yet. Because how do you? Because those things are just sick when it comes to just... That's the thing about it, man. Like, just the music itself from, like, the first one to the last one. You don't know how good they are. I still just left all those albums in my playlist. Like, shit comes up randomly, and I'm like, I like this. And I just, I go with it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We can, we can transition. I would, like like, to, what? I would like to take the pressure off the table. <laughs> okay. And let us discuss. So that's your discuss. number six? Yes. Okay. Um, obviously, I mean, a lot was made about the fact that it was, it's a departure. It's, yes. It's different. It's... It's a little more reserved. It's a and less bombastic. I like it. It's uh, it's a little bit like Nebraska. Is <laughs> <laughs> honestly what it is. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, a lot you of mean people, it's a bit country and a bit rock and roll. Yeah, I mean, just that. <laughs> if, if I remember, I guess why people were referencing that, and I could, I'm talking out of my ass. I am by no means a Springsteen scholar. I'm just a fan. Lovers, not experts. <laughs> Uh, Jack's not Wangs. Jack's not if, Wangs for if sure. If anybody's been with us <laughs> for long, the long enough, Jack's yeah. not Wangs. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, Nebraska comes after Born in the USA. Sure. So like biggest, like one of the biggest pop albums of all time, like a global phenomenon. And then he follows it up with like, you gotta take it all. You gotta dial it back. You yeah. gotta take it back. Home. I gave you everything. You I'm gonna give you just back. a little bit. You gotta take it back to Nebraska. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. They're like, aren't you from Jersey? He's like, it's a, it's a metaphor. It's about the, the common man. Yeah. Okay. You I'm a renegade. About it, I'm Jack. a renegade. No, I'm a renegade. <laughs> I don't know why he's suddenly Joe Biden. You got to think about it. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyways. Uh, so wait, are we so saying that the 2020 album was like a masterpiece by that regard? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Just the transition from like bombast and like that's that's the stadium made rock, whatever you want to call it. No, because Imploding the Mirage to me was a comeback album, right? Because Wonderful, Wonderful was Eh. a yes, Wonderful, maybe not Wonderful, 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 maybe. But we've talked about it. I've all I've just always been there for them, yes, even when they like you know let me down a little bit. I still, I believe. Again, I you, want a shirt. You know why? No, no, what? This the river is wild, and you you're gonna be on that raft, that boat. You're just down for BF, bro. It's all good, dude. I the solos, the killers albums, this thing. You are down. I believe in Brandon Flowers. Yes, dude. I truly do. I think again, I will now, ride I will, or die for him and, being the most underrated male pop vocalist, possibly of the entire 20th century. Underrated. Yes. To a fault. People yes. do not understand how unique that dude's voice is. Yes. And how he can fucking like hold a crowd in the palm of his hand. He's one of the last true fucking rock stars. Yes. And he should be treated as such. That's yes. all I'm saying. And he also seems like a really sweet, nice Mormon fellow. And and in so. the words of and in the word well, it's gonna be a different quote than what the movie is, but like, hey man, I thought you were from Vegas. Because I know this is like he went to his hometown, it was all this, but like they're so connected to that town of Las Vegas that I'm like, I thought you you were like kind of like the guys from um, was it Panic at the Disco and some other like you grew up in this town of like Las Vegas and you just like I mean I think they did not Vegas grow yeah, yeah. up 
yeah. in Vegas, but he lived there for a period of time. Specifically, Brandon Flowers. This right. Is not like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. But it's just like when you, to me, and I know it's it's weird. I do pay attention to like where people, when bands come around, like where are they from? I just talked about with like Nashville. So to me, when we talk about another band on my list that came from Ukiah, California, it's like you would think, okay, these guys from this place, what is it? How did this become this? And I, I, it's a, I'm not, it's, a, it's not a shock, but like finding that out that he had this small town experience in a state that a lot of people just associate with the Mormon church and they don't understand that like, nah, it's not really that big a deal. They may have some sway with the government there, but like, it's not a huge thing. It's still just like any other small town in America for whatever reason. And that's the thing I felt listening to all these. I was like, I was like imprinting my own memories of things that have happened in the small town that we lived in to these songs. And as another one, just like Tyler Creator, nothing feels the same. There's different. It's, I don't feel like things flow from one to the other. There's a distinct difference between each different song that comes around there. Yes, some of the elements may be the same. Some of the sounds and harmonies may be. But the overall music, like the, the second or third track, it's got like this nice, like upbeat kind of 80 synth thing going on. I'm like, okay. It's also one of the most like depressing songs. When yes. You to oh it. my God. <laughs> yeah. The dichotomy of that. It's like a, it's like a big mouth strikes again. It's just like yeah. so upbeat and poppy, but it's like, God, this is, this is terrible. Yeah, no, I think, um, one of the things that a lot of people and like the more positive reviews seem to latch on to is it's inarguably, I think, some of the best songwriting he's ever done. Um, some of the best guitar sounds I've heard. There's about. a lot of story songs. Right. Um, which is kind of staple of the, again, Springsteen, Dire Straits, like Americana sort of stuff that oh, they are heavily influenced by. I mean, that's literally it. It's Dire Straits and Springsteen, and like they're that, that's what they're basically chasing. Every That's what, up to this point, I'm saying... That's basically what they had been chasing, but like this glammed up, like version of it, like yeah, this sleeker modern package version of it, which seems like such a weird trajectory when you go back and listen to like Hot Fuss as a record, yeah, as a opening statement, because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel or sound like either of those bands, but it but also it, sounds like they knew exactly what they needed to be, like it, to it, me. Hot Fuzz and Samstown are like we know what we are and we know how to get our foot in the door, get our name, get our name on the radio, and let people love us. So then we can go to Sawdust, then yeah. we can go to these other well, ones, well, and you're going to follow us because you know we're Sam, good. Well, but Samstown is even immediately signaling that like, hey, we like Bruce Springsteen and Dire Straits a lot. Yeah, and then again, Sawdust is not a, not a proper release, but it has it's B sides and rarities with a few What's brand the other new tracks produced for it. What? What's the one that has uh, Human and Spaceman and all that? It's after That's Day and Age. Day and Age. That's the third one. Then you got Battleborn. Right. Then you got Wonderful One. It's right. Right. There's not one in between there that I'm missing, right? And you got Wonderful, Wonderful. Right. I think in between there they put out direct hits. Right. Because Battleborn is the one that we first review like it came out right as we started doing music podcasts right sounds about right yeah and that was one that i again like a lot of their later records i was like oh i like like three or four songs on this but the whole thing doesn't really hang together anyways back to pressure machine i again to go into quarantine base or basically like we have a record come out during quarantine we can't tour it 
shit, I'm just going to go make another record. And to also be like, okay, and given the circumstances, like, why don't I, you know, why don't I take a step outside the formula that we've kind of been doing for the last, like, chunk of our career? And just like... Last decade, yeah. Yeah, just, let's just change it up a little bit and see what happens. And I don't think, I don't think this is a signal change, or a sea change of like, okay, this is what they're going to sound no, like now. No, I don't believe it at all. Um, But I do think you're going to see more of this incorporated into future Killers records. And I, what I hope now, you also see is this level of songwriting transition back into the very you know, stadium ready side that they, that I think they still want to lean into when they can. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yes. War on drugs helped out. Oh boy. Right. Some of it, right. On he's on imploding the mirage. Not wonderful. Wonderful. Imploding the mirage is what? The one right before pressure machine. Right. The one, the most recent one. Yes. The one that also has Lindsay Buckingham. Right. Yes. Did they, did he or anybody help out with this? Because there's some parts in there that I'm like, did you learn not, a thing or two from those guys? Not that I'm aware of. Okay, I'm just No, curious. but if you listen to Brandon Flowers and Ronnie Venucci talk about the War on Drugs, they will tell you. they Now, all they want to do is be the War on Drugs. Right, yeah. They're like, we just wish we were in that band. Like, we right. just wish that's what we were doing. So they're very open about the fact that, like, yeah, yeah we're because obsessed we, with them. And right, like we because see, you, we, we also what, see them as as co-conspirators in like hey maybe we can get back to this era of of music maybe we can possibly because get the back thing into the thing popular. that they didn't do that war on drugs is is yes you got your dire streets you got your springsteen but you don't have your your dylan your don henley's your other singer songwriters from the 70s and early 80s all in a bag you, i mean i love dire streets eh, springsteen's okay not really a huge fan. Not the. Not, I don't hate him, but I'm not like. I gotta hear every album. Like I get it. You're, You're like. I don't know if he's worth five hundred mil. To right. be honest with you. Yeah. You heard about that? Uh, yeah. No, I heard. I mean, I'll explain later. My remind me when we get to another one of my picks to explain my Bruce Springsteen theory. Um, I just. I would. I would like to publicly state. Bruce, if you're listening, boss. I gotta be honest with you. Want to come clean? I downloaded your whole discography for free. Years ago, still have it on my iTunes. Yeah, just letting you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, how much I think it's worth. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Click, nothing. and that's it. Totally joking. Uh, national treasure, one mm-hmm. of the best singer songwriters of all time. Continue. Yeah. So anyway, that yeah, the killers. They yeah, they want to be the war on drugs, but they're also the killers, and they're great. I would love it if they, if when they can tour again, the War on Drugs and the Killers go out and they just both. If they, oh, if they, they ever do a go, Doobie Brothers and um, if they thing ever we go on a double go bill, oh god. Um, a not only will that be like you know it'll be like baseline two hundred dollars to like get be able to step inside the, the venue, uh, but it'll be the best goddamn two hundred dollars you ever spent. I was gonna say, but um, <laughs> if they announced that they were touring together, I would do just about anything to to see one of those shows. Yeah. That would be incredible. Speaking of the war on drugs, uh, my number six mm-hmm. is I don't live here anymore. Okay. Do I need to table it? Table. Uh, yeah, I figured as much. Mm-hmm. So screw that. I'm going to jump. Go ahead and we'll flip flop. Flip flop it right now. Go ahead. You're number five, brother. My number five is the million masks. 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 Mm-hmm. Sounds so weird. Yeah. 
of God. The Million Mask of God. Okay. Masks of God. By Manchester Orchestra. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sticks on the tongue. <laughs> uh, Singes the nostrils. Yes. <laughs> this, uh, for me personally, as a fan of them for quite a while, uh, is a comeback record because I was not a I was not a fan of Black Mile to the Surface, their previous effort, which uh, weirdly got super overplayed by alternative radio, and for me was just lacked all of the dynamics of their previous record. It just it felt very samey, you know. There's cohesive, and then there's is this I'm listening to an hour long song, right. like, and. It wasn't even like, oh, the vibe is somewhere. I'm talking about song structure. Like, oh, I know based on where we're at in this song where it's going at any given moment. There was no surprises in that record for me. Anyways, I had a lot of issues with it. I don't need to put that one down to lift this one up. This is a great record, independent of that. Uh, they released kind of like a, a style playlist. Mm-hmm. Before this came out, of kind of just a primer to like, hey, here's here's what we're going for. Like, here's you know we're trying to change up our sound a bit. I feel like whether consciously or unconscious, because you know some of these were in production pre-COVID. Obviously, some of them were finished up during or reassessed during, etc. So you have to wonder how much that plays a factor. But I do feel like there's an element of some of these bands probably feeling like shit, I wasn't able to tour, I'm not, like, connecting with my fans in the way that, like, I normally would, I'm not getting to, like, test out this material publicly, it's just people are, you know, people are having this one set way that they can interact with my music. And I also feel like you're maybe doing some self-reflection over, like, okay, where am I at in my career, what have I done, what have I achieved, do, you know, is this the sound or, like, the style I want to continue in, do I want to change things up? You know, how much longer am I going to be able to make and release records? So maybe we should maybe we should change shit up? Anyways, I feel like that was happening with an, a lot of artists now that I'm kind of looking through my list. And it definitely seems like it was the case with Manchester. This primer playlist that they put out had the likes of Kate Bush, for instance, Radiohead. Uh, I think there was even, like, some Paul Simon on there. It was, you know, it was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in gen- I was like... Okay, okay, you, you're speaking my language. I'm like, yes, yeah, we need a change of pace. I, I don't want this to sound like the last record. And it does not at all. And it it does definitely wear its influences on its sleeve in some parts. I mean, there's some sections where I'm like, oh, those are Kate Bush drums. Or, oh, that's a Radiohead bass line. Mm-hmm. But it's like, honestly, them being so upfront about that prior to like, hey, these are the things we're listening to. This is like kind of some of the stuff we've always kind of wanted to play. Mm-hmm. It, you know. I respect that in a weird way more than just like quietly ripping it off and then hoping people don't notice. Right. You know what I mean? Which I feel like a lot of other bands do. They wait for you to find the reference instead of just being like, hey, we were trying to make a song that sounds like Kate Bush and Radiohead had a baby and we did it. And maybe you don't like my vocal, but you know, I bring that up because Veronica cannot stand Andy Hall's voice. But she did thankfully sit through a, a live stream with me earlier this year anyways million mask of god very strong album uh if you haven't checked in with them in a while i would highly recommend it i would say or this is per, this might be my third favorite record in the discography honestly uh 
And again, my only real regret is I was unable to, I think they're just now getting out to tour for it. And then, you know, a lot of stuff is being canceled right now again. So mm-hmm. who knows where we're at with live music. I thought we were getting it back, but everything's up in the air. Dude, speaking of fucking Matrix Resurrections, you kind of feel like you're stuck in a, stuck in a loop. Like we're just gonna re- we're just gonna repeat twenty twenty to the end of fucking time. We might. I mean, I don't know. This one was like twenty twenty, but with a different president. I mean, that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the and death to twenty twenty one special on Netflix? No, not yet. Did you watch the twenty twenty one? I did watch twenty. Sam okay. Jackson narrated that one. See, I had this phantom memory too that he narrated it, but he was in it. But he was in it. Right, and then I started this one, and it's Lawrence Fishburne narrating it, and I was like, Wait, "Was it Lawrence Larry Fishburne the first time around?" And then I was like, "Do I? I don't want to. I didn't want to bother turning it back on, like the twenty twenty one." Just and then to you were like, "Sinbad didn't do a genie <laughs> movie in the nineties, right?" And then you were like, Shh, "Mandela died in prison, right?" Like, so dark. Never what? Then you were like, "What?" Like, you're like, "Should I kill my parents?" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going to say it, and then uh, yeah, I just ended yeah, up saying it. Yeah. But, uh, sh- yeah, shout out to Enter the Matrix, uh, which is available on Hulu. What? Enter the Matrix? Yeah. That's the name of that? A glitch in the Matrix. Yeah. I was Excuse say. me, not the video game. Yeah. Did you download the video game thing on PlayStation? It's for PS5 only. Oh, sorry. Dick. I didn't realize it. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Yeah, I'm really it. upset about it. They advertise it to me every day Oh. on the internet, and I'm like, Cool. Can't, yeah, can't play it. I mean, you just walk around. There's nothing special, dude. I I saw the section where you're shooting up the where you're shooting up the cars. It's a stuff. rail. It's a rail Who thing. Who cares? <laughs> it looks incredible. It looks so cool. You know what's fucking wild though? I have watched that. Play. When you no, what's sad is I'm always like these these children watching people other people play video mm-hmm. games. I watched that playthrough video like three times because I thought it looked so cool. Well what's crazy is when they let you walk around with it, you can you can literally pull up and go like Yeah, you can be miles. fly. And, right. Yeah. And you could and you go like to another part of the city and there's fucking windows with shit in them and televisions on and nobody home. Who the fuck like what the This is where this is how it's gonna start. This is how they're gonna take over. Is because we're gonna make them. Hey, it's not just a tech demo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I know. Um, I would love to play that. So, you know, anybody wants to drop your boy PS Five. Gotcha. Uh, let me know. Okay. Okay. I don't know if we're on your number six or number five. We're on my we number did, five now. We, we just weird, started with your number five. Weird stuff there. Yeah. Okay. We went full circle. Um, my number five is your welcome. From a day to remember. Oh, I've heard, I've heard good things. Tim likes this record quite yes. a bit. Shout out to Tim Niles. I love it because from the very early on that I got into them, I realized that these guys, much like other people I've mentioned on here, they could give two shits about what genre you're going to put them in. Right. They're going to do what they want to do, write, play how they want to play. To me, it it seems to kind of come down to when they're writing, what kind of mood and what they're reflecting on as to, is this going to be more of a like more us song from the early days? Is this going to be a more radio friendly thing? Is this going to have more poppy hits? Are we going to, am I going to get really deep with my voice? Who, what, what, what's going to come out? And I appreciate that. Again, there is no, you can like 
I remember a long time ago, Victory Records put out like a whole, like a demo of like the songs coming up. And each of them had like a specific like hardcore, grindcore, rock, this, that like so like filtered down as to what exact minutia genre this was. And I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, can it not just be good music or bad music? And the fact that like, I feel like a lot of people labeled them hardcore and screamo when they came out. And then as they progressed and they've made new music and they've developed their sound, people are like, well, they're like pop punk, they're post punk, they're this, that. It's like, they're just, a, they're, they're playing rock and roll, man. It's fucking a guitar, a bass, a drum, and a singer. Just, it's rock and roll. Don't, I know that connotation like maybe invokes stuff from a long time ago with what rock and roll was, but yeah. it's just rock and roll music. Like, get out of your head when it comes to screamo, emo, metal, all this and that. Like, who cares? If you like it, you like it. You know what I mean? And so I appreciate that some of, a lot of the songs, you literally could if you were like, oh, did you know this was a day to remember? If you didn't know them, you'd be like, what? But since you know them and you know the voices, you're like, yeah, of course I know them. But yeah, really good. I enjoyed it. I might have to check this one. Yeah. Say it again. You're welcome. By a date to remember. Yes. Okay. My number four. Uh, this, I believe, is the band that you were bringing up earlier. The video that I sent you a while ago. Yes. Lord Huron? Huron, that's, that's it. I yeah. thought it was Lake Huron for some reason. Yes. Uh, Lord Huron. But I Google that and I got pictures of Lake. their fourth full length. Entitled Long Lost earlier this year. Um, for for a long chunk of the year, uh, this was my number one. Hmm. I bought this for Dad on vinyl for his birthday. Yes. And I think he enjoyed it. This is like one of the only modern bands that I feel like Dad is like fully on board with where he's like, I like those guys. Well, yeah, because he was actually listening to them on another device that wasn't the vinyl record. That's how I knew. I was like, whoa, Noah got through. Right. Okay. Uh, So, Vida Noir, their prior record, was my number one album of the year it came out. You probably heard me rave about it. Mm -hmm. That was a seen at the time as a pretty huge departure from their kind of folksy Americana, like, again, big out i've always thought of them as a big outdoorsy band they just they need to be listened to outside they have their music sounds expansive Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you get to the third record vita noir and it is a just straight up like 70s psychedelic rock album Hmm. and it's got a lot more out there influences it's entirely self-produced and it sounds like it it doesn't sound like somebody coming in and cleaning up the edges it sounds like leaning into the weirdness and like you know just playing around with weird like loops and feedbacks and run and it's it's such a complete record with elements that flow through melodies that echo throughout the album lyrically things that reoccur and that's kind of become a thread running through all their records is like they're they are a band where you could sit there and be like oh yeah if you you heard one Lord Huron song, you kind of heard them all. Right. But not really. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and I just, I absolutely love what they do. Long Lost is definitely, I think, for people who maybe, and V-Day was pretty well received uh, across the board. I don't, I'm not like tapped into their fandom 
in any way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it was received with like hardcore fans. Right. But for me, I was like, oh, they they went outside their comfort zone and they made what I think is like a masterpiece, having loved their two prior records as well. So I'm super amped for this fourth one. And the early singles, I'm like, okay, well, this sounds, this sounds more like the first two records, but I love those first two records, so okay. And what I was really happy to find when I got to the record in context and like listened to it straight through, it is the perfect melding of those more experimental, uh, out-there elements that they explored on V-Day, mm-hmm. but with the kind of just like solid backbone of just, you know, early rockabilly old school rock and roll like folks ballads you know just i I think a lot of like 70s ballads and stuff yeah um it's just great man i don't know i I love all of their production choices i think they're fantastic musicians across the board and i just love that dude's voice man it's it's great so uh but yeah V-Day still my personal favorite of their discography, V-Day Noir, but long lost. Great work from them once again. Uh, I, I loved it. It also boldly closes with a 15-minute ambient track, which I thought was a fucking sick move, <laughs> and I really respected it. I like, okay, yeah. I can dig that. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, it's one whole side of the record. Like, the record is two vinyls. Um. And yeah, when you get to the last one, it's like, oh yeah, this is the last track on the album, and it's, or yeah. is it? And yeah, it is. Oh, you keep, it's one of those definitely where I'm sure your average listener keeps waiting for like, okay, now it's gonna kick in. Okay, yeah. now it's gonna uh, wait. No, d- uh, uh, shit. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing. Anyways, hmm. that okay. was my number four, Long Lost from Lord Huron. Okay. So this is my number four. I think so. Yes, that yes, right? it is. It is. It is. Um, my number four is uh, "Bodies" by AFI. Hell yeah! Um, one of those bands that I love. I know I pitched an idea to you off mic that we didn't do this year in, in honor of them being around for fucking what forty years now, close to thirty. No, ninety-one. Thirty, bro. Thirty, forty. They're all in their forties. They've been around for thirty years. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, probably I would say the favorite of all time. I, I'm i just trying to, to broaden my horizons, which is why it's number four and not like number one again. Solid release. Kind of didn't expect it because of when it was coming out, you know, pandemic and all that. Was the Black Audio record this year as well or was last that last year? year? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means we will get a Black Audio record next year. So I got Because it's usually... I got to tell you this real quick. Yeah. So... While Veronica was painting your um, Sing the Sorrow canvas mm-hmm. that she did, of course, I threw some on, and I throw on some of Sing the Sorrow, and she's like, oh, okay, this is what they sound like? I was like, I was like, yeah, and she's like, okay, yeah, you know, she's like, you know, I'm not like, you know, super into like stuff like this, and I was like, yeah, but what about this? And I throw on some of Sex Cells. Oh, yeah. Because she loves like Depeche Mode. Oh, of course. And excess and like, you know, 80s like dance music and stuff. And so as soon as I throw that on, she's, she's immediately like fucking like bopping her head. 
And she was like, oh, this is really good. And I was like, I was like, yeah, listen to his voice in this context. I was like, what do you think of that? And she was like, oh, that's awesome. That's really good. And I was like, okay, well, a lot of like the more recent AFI records are blending into are that. merging in with this in such a cool way. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And it's one of those that I, if you... I'll just, I'm going to explain the pitch real quick. I pitched you, let's do three giant episodes and let's, because the, they the match decades, the decade. Yeah. The 90s is almost pound for pound punk rock. And then you get to, after Black Sails, you get to The Art of Drowning and you get more into like the goth, more like still punk, but not like hardcore punk rock, more emo, if you want to call it that, but definitely more music driven. Not just like we're going to thrash some metal around and just yell and scream and like, you know, play really fast songs, but more like more, I, I say this quoting somebody that I'll explain in a minute, more poetic because the first AFI concert I went to, this fucking frat boy from UNC was just like, you know what, man, AFI dude, they're like, they're like the last poets of, of, of music, man. Nobody does poetry like these dudes. All the lyrics are poetry. And I was like. This fucking kid just blew my mind. One, that he likes, he's here for AFI. Two, that he was like, yeah, man, it is like poetry. Like, if you read this on its own, it's like poetry. So what did I do when I got back, Noah? I entered This Time in Perfect as a poem for for Miss Dillard's English class. And I fucking wowed her. And she asked me if I had more. And I said, no, ma'am, I don't. I just don't. Proof, it's poetry. It's the first time you've admitted to that. Right. So if they got to take my degree away, who cares? Or my diploma away, who cares? Um, I'm living big time now. It doesn't matter. Um, so, yeah. But then the the the, the early, the, what do we call those? The early 2000s? The 2000s yeah. is predominantly filled with that. Sing the Sorrow, Art of Drowning, December Underground, which is probably, I would say, the most popular. Most people go to Miss Murder. That was the closest you yes. got to, like... It, video was everywhere. It was the biggest that it was the biggest they were ever going to be because right. that genre just happened to like you know it was right. coalescing right at the perfect right. time. And then you get to the aught tens that we just got out of, and you have Crash Love, and you have Burials, you have the the Black Album or the Blood Album is what they called it. it was untitled. They just made it the Blood Album, and you really start to see in those that like. They know that they've been doing this for 30 years of their life. Right. But they also don't know what they would do if they didn't. Because if they're not going to make an AFI record, Davey and Jade are going to make a, a black audio record. Right. And I and that's specifically why I don't follow Davey or Jade on any social media. I follow Adam and Hunter because I like to see what they do. And both of them are like girlfriend, family men. Adam's wife is gorgeous and his daughter's adorable like i and i've i've met him twice so it's like i weirdly have a weirder connection because i've spoken to him and talked to him twice so it's Mm -hmm. like i want to follow that guy and see what he's doing and i don't really see they're like if i'm not playing in this band i'm i'm fine i'm just gonna kind of be with the family do whatever but when the guys call and they're like well we're we're done touring with black audio we've got some stuff ready to go back in the studio they'll jam like hunt throughout the quarantine hunter's been doing just bass only of songs just Mm -hmm. by himself and it's like that's fucking crazy that like you know all these years, and I get it, it's a musician thing, it's over and over, but for him to be able to, like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking take this out and show you what how I do this song on the bass by itself. Just so you can hear that bass line and just, you know, this is what I'm doing back there. I'm not just plumbing away. I know what I'm doing. I'm a musician. So 
getting around to this one, it's just a every album I have a thing where I'm like, oh, is this the new one? Like this is how they sound? Eh, okay. And then I listen to it for about a week. Okay. And I listen to it for another week. I'm like, I think this might be like one of their one of their better ones recently. And I listen to it another week. And I'm like, yeah, this is like one of the best ones they've come out with. Just because it's just you you dissect it. There's no, so many I mean, layers every, to peel back from it. You're saying right now is what I'm going to say about my number one, right? Basically, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you already know what it is. So um, yes. let's just go ahead and move along. Bodies, it, bodies, bodies by AFI, by AFI I, which I before. thought was fantastic as well. The yes. only reason it's not on my list is because I knew it would be high on yours. I was. I knew we were going to have some other crossover, right. so I figured, let me give you your favorite band to yourself. Thank you. Uh, my number three is Crowla from uh, Idols. For a bit, it was... I, I So, my number two and three, I've, I went back and forth on constantly, you know, really stressing over it, like, you know, really biting my nails, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, joking of course uh so this is the fourth yes the fourth full length from idols who i've been talking to i feel like at least for the last two years now about um i had joy as an act of resistance on my albums of the decade list i had ultra mono on my albums list last year and they just turned right around and threw another one out uh, again, it's been the running theme. Bands truly changing it up. This is, I feel like, I feel like Ultramano was a fuck you to their critics. The previous record of mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, you say we do all of these things and we're like, we're too simple. The lyrics are too simple. It's too loud. It's too one note. It's too whatever. Okay, we're going to do that and we're going to do it to the absolute maximum. Like, fuck you we are who we are and in making a record that's like literally i talked about at the time like crank to 11 from song one to the end like just high energy the entire time completely in your face like punching you in the face constantly this record like comes in immediately and just you're like whoa whoa (laughs) this is different right this feels moodier this feels stranger this feels more resonant this feels more like deeply felt the lyrics are like it's some of the best shit joe talbot's ever written it's some of the most personal shit he's ever written which is saying something considering some of the previous records where the dude literally sounds like he's just like tearing his own heart out like on vinyl essentially um Hmm. but yeah dude it but crawler in particularly is so dynamic track to track um has some of the best best songs they've ever done and the more and more i go back to it it might be my favorite of the bunch Hmm. uh so far i absolutely love them i need to see them live i have not had the pleasure yet uh but I think it's I think it's a decent entry point, and as much as like everything that they do and do well is represented there, but then there's also hey all of these new facets. And if you're just listening to them really for the first time, you're just like, oh shit, this is like a band capable of all of this shit. 
and they pretty much openly talked about like they they're like we can't make another record like Ultramano the previous one like we've done that style to death we did three records of that right and now we want to like we want to try and be something different um because I think I can get away with it without playing any lyrics I just want to play you how this new record was introduced to me which is the lead single they put out which Joe Talbot the lead singer basically calls the most important song they've ever written as a band in terms of like being a transition point Mm -hmm. but just tell me how this feels to you this is called the Beachland Ballroom that all right um definitely like really upbeat broody like vibes like um like like just a i don't know feels like you're kind of about to get like feels like you're walking down the wrong Feels like alley at the carnival <laughs> and you're about to get dragged down underneath okay and like realize that there's a whole subterranean group of people that <laughs> okay. live beneath you and they're tethered to you and they're coming for you that's what it sounds like very like upbeat and like you know getting into it but also very like this clown that's walking up to you laughing has a knife behind its back okay you know interesting you know what it's, i mean uh, i mean i of course i didn't play any vocals for you but it's uh, it's like an old school like s- true like soul song, right? Um, when you get to it, okay. And that's kind of the template of like, hey, I've always wanted to like this is the stuff that truly influences me even more than like the surface level stuff that you guys have heard us do, right? And we want to make that a part of our catalog now, and that yeah. There's also, I mean, there's tracks on here that sound like early Beastie Boys. I mean, that in a great, or not even early Beastie Boys. We're talking like what you want era Beastie Boys, like mid to late '90s Beasties, hmm. which I think is maybe the, one of the better periods after the initial. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, we could I, have I, that debate on another episode. Anyways, uh, that's really all I have to say about it. I, I don't know that it's gonna be like an album that will convert you if you haven't already been enjoying them. But I do think it's a good entry point if for people who have never checked them out, which is weird to say. So yeah, crawler by idols. That is my number three. Okay. All right, brother. My number three. It's a little album called lost themes. Part three by Mr. John Carpenter. 
again. Honorable mention. You can say great stuff. You can say I that just, it's phoning it in. I know. You can say that I it's would the never same. Say no, that. no, 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 no. I mean, like, if you're not you, I'm talking like the proverbial you. You can say no, that. Yes, they're not allowed to say that either. Fuck those people. Yes, I he's get it. having the time of his life. He phoning it in you, my ass. You talk about listen. <laughs> there's several, several great American third acts, and that is June Carter resurrects Johnny Cash's career. Somehow Waylon Jennings gets it all together. That's the third act of Cat? Is June Carter saving them, you're saying? Everything post-June Carter is just the sky is up. But you're saying that's the third act. Like, that's the the third chance. Okay, fine. Third uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Dude, well, I didn't mean to fuck you up no, on your... You're your, right. No, no, no. Because runner. I think about it. I think Go about it. it. I forget. You're right. Rick Rubin coming to Cash that's and saying, I just want to make you... The, to me, the that's final. the fourth. Okay. Because you didn't see, nobody saw that coming. But yeah, okay. Four act play. Who who does that? Johnny Cash does that. Anyway, right. Rick Rubin <laughs> goes to Johnny Cash and says, I want to do whatever you want to do. I want to get as much as I can from you. Let's do this. To the point that Rick Rubin proclaims that Cash was working oh. up until the time he died. Okay. There's that. There's some other one I can't think of right now. And then there's John Carpenter becomes a musician. Okay. That, that's He's a rock star now. Like... There's something he, I don't know, he just put it out on his Instagram. I don't know where it's on, but it's basically getting behind the scenes access to like his tour and stuff and whatever. I don't know where they're putting it up at. But that's pretty much what the guy narrating says. Like for him to be a rock star doing this, it's crazy. And I didn't realize it until this album that like, and I've listened to stuff promoting it. And I listen to stuff around Halloween because you, you you could technically say the Halloween soundtrack that came out with Kills. That's a lot. That's all him essentially with some help but it's like we're sad that he won't make another movie but i love him as a rock star and i love that i get this output and i hope that at some point there's a tour somewhere near here that i can just go be in the room and watch him and his son and their friends just fucking give us this i mean i i spoiler i wanted to get you rise of the synths the documentary that he narrated a couple years ago Mm. that i could not get into like they didn't have a Apparently they didn't expect it to be great because they were like out of stock to just buy the Blu-ray. And it was like not going to be available when I tried to find it. Hmm. But because I was going to do it a couple years ago when they were going to put it out. And I wanted to like, I was going to like help, you know, do the Patreon thing or whatever to like support it. And I just didn't get the chance to. But he, he narrated this big ass documentary about the rise of like Synthwave and talk about him and other people in it. And, you know. It's like, that's the thing. And then, of course, I've talked to you about the 808 doc I watched. It's like purely after I haven't I haven't watched Rise of the Sense, but like just knowing what can be done on a basic level. It's like, why didn't we see it the entire time? This guy's scoring his own movies. Yeah, he's a great director, but like, I'm pretty sure he's like an even better musician. It's like the joke of Bruce Willis just wanted to play blues his entire career, but he became an actor instead. It's like, yeah, Carpenter thought he wanted to make movies, but maybe he really just wanted to be a musician because they talk about like on that, um, the, uh, movies that made us, they did Halloween this time on Netflix. And Tommy Lee Wallace is like, well, you know, John was the other guy there with the hair that played guitar. I thought he was a musician, but he's a director. Mm -hmm. All the ladies were crowding around him. Mm -hmm. That's my best Tommy Lee Wallace. It's pretty solid. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, He's, it's been there the whole time and you just kind of wonder like what if somebody kicked him to do this like early 2000s 
and this is not Lost Themes 3. This is like his, you know, his magnum opus, and it's like the best music he's ever made. Because I feel like even with this, there's so much more in the tank we're going to get. Well, that's my thing, too, is I'm like, what I would love to see on top of, I mean, again, I'm I'm not holding out hope for him directing another feature at this point. No, I I don't know that we're ever going to get that. Um, what I do think would be cool though is like, I know it makes sense for him to be scoring the Halloween movies. What I want is some, like, what's to stop, genuinely, what's to stop, like, I'm just dreaming out loud, but like, Jeff Nichols from coming in and saying hey john fucking stop it hey john i've got this next movie coming up would would you take a look at it and would you consider writing some music for it would you consider scoring just all i need is a theme and then he sees the movie and he's like hey i really like this like maybe i'll give you a little bit more and before you know it he's scoring the whole movie i'm just like i thought he scored a video game already he think he did the fear games that may have happened as well i know he wrote co-wrote one of the fear games or something yeah that was the first thing he had written in forever but but no it's like that to me would be it's not like oh that's the ultimate or that would be like the biggest victory but it's like in my head i'm like why aren't other people just using him as a composer like would anybody else it's like yes he's john carpenter but arguably he's been more john carpenter the musician for almost as long as mm-hmm. he was John Carpenter, the director, at this point. Right, yeah. Like, he's been retired since, I mean, if you want to count the ward, what, 2010? Yeah, but, so still 10 years, yeah. But exactly, I'm just like, you know. And you know, who... That's who, what I would love to but see. Also, Somebody just needs who's, to Who's to say that they haven't been, and he's, and he's just, just been... like, I don't give a shit. Right. But here's the thing. I don't think, I don't think he would be like, if... if we know how much he likes money, bro. I'm just saying. Yeah. If somebody were to come to him and be like, John, like, I, you got to do this for me. I'll give you 10 mil. Like, you're telling me he's not going to fart out a couple of, like, synth riffs? Yeah. And, and it, dude, it doesn't matter. It, that's the thing. Is It's just, it's him, dude. It I just, could be the simplest chords no, ever. You, but, like. You're what? taking me back to forgetting Sarah Marshall. They just want ominous tones. It, it's just it, ominous it, tones. And he's right. scoring that episode. Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. That would be, that would be Starts perfect. playing Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, your movie was great there was that one little bit in there though i thought i heard the seinfeld theme what's up with that oh yeah um yeah yeah that would be lost Lost themes three was your number two three one of your number two nine number two yes number two is juno by remy wolf uh she is probably my favorite discovery of the last like year and a half or so I feel like I found some excuse to bring her up on a prior podcast. I don't know. Because, again, we don't talk music much. I don't know if I've mentioned her to you. Maybe. I found her initially because one of my favorite bands uh, who has made an appearance at the top of my list two years ago, 2019 episode, Hot Chip. Uh, Yes. Yes. I remember them. Yes. I listen to them still. So Hot Chip remixed one of her songs Hmm. called Disco Man. Okay. Okay. And so, because I follow Hot Chip, popped up on their Spotify feed, and there was also a video for it. Hmm. Checked it out, liked the song, showed Veronica the video for it. She introduced me to Hot Chip, so, you know, so it goes. 
and we both really like it and come to find out it's like oh this isn't hot chips video this is like this is her video that she made for this remix that they did hmm. oh she's got some other shit on youtube maybe maybe she go check her out and just pretty much just immediately fell in love dude like and then i caught her at a point where it's like she had an ep out mm-hmm. she had a a second ep that was like remixes of those songs and then she seems very very savvy and is she's doing the singles culture thing where it's like i'm just gonna drop a new track every couple months i'm gonna stay relevant and build my audience tons of self-produced videos on youtube but mm-hmm. like fun shit like right. very creative shit like and her style a huge swath of influences but like I would broadly call it pop music, but, like, it's so deeply indebted to, like, Prince Hmm. and, like, funk from the 70s. She has a full-on live band when she performs, too. It's not a bunch of, like, you know, pre-recorded drum beats and stuff. Right. Awesome production on the tracks. She she raps a little bit. She sings, you know, sings a little bit. She, She can do the ballad. She can do the pop princess sort of thing. But... She's super creative, funny as well, funny as shit. Like, genuinely, it is the most, like, joyful, entertaining, upbeat album. That's not my number one album of the year. Uh, It's an absolute blast. Tons of bangers. Um, Bangers top to bottom. Not a bad track on it. And that goes for all of her singles that she released in the run-up. But it was just, it was cool, dude, because I've kind of been following her since she was still a little bit off the radar. And then that album dropped. I saw the uptick or whatever, but I am still like I, I feel like maybe the the next one, the second, the second full length is where maybe people start actually like full, you know, it's like next level paying attention. Mm-hmm. But I just think she's so unique and different from the majority of that age. She's about twenty five, but that age range of like female pop vocalists that are going on right now, just so unique. Can genu- genuinely has the pipes and the soul of like a like a Janice or something, but be- but swirled with like the danceability and the funkiness and the fun and the irreverence of like a prince, but in a female body. You just got dude. She's okay. incredible. Remy Wolf. The album is Juno. My second favorite of the year. Okay. Your number two. My number two is. Go back to my notes. <clears throat> I would like to take the drugs off the table. No one. <laughs> okay. Please do. I don't live here anymore. Sorry, I don't live here anymore. War on, war on drugs. Yes. How could I not? I'm very glad to see it so high. Yes. Um, not I a mean, fan. Not a big. I mean, it wasn't as high on your list as mine, so I'm I mean, just curious. I loved it as well. Right. I loved all of the records I have above it. Just mm-hmm. a little bit more. And here's the thing. Bottom line, you're following up a masterpiece. Yes. You're following up. This is your Nebraska. Ba- you're following <laughs> up the album of the d- last decade as yes. far as I'm concerned. Which I missed. understand. I fucking missed. And it's only because dad was like, hey, those two are talking shit about you on that, that, that one. Wait, what? I go and listen. And I get pat. I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. They're making fun of my choices. And then you play a little bit of it. Thank God we didn't have a copyright strike and I wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> because had I not have missed out on the album of the fucking decade. Yeah. Um, 
but no, I love this as as well. Mm-hmm. But again, you're following up a masterpiece. This is just like nobody follows really a killer boys. Good. This is maybe my second or third favorite of their discography, but a deeper understanding is just a top, just immaculate. Here's what I love. Here are my, I have no negatives. I have no, like, there's no shit to talk. But my main, like, positives or overall take is, like, deeper understanding is everything that it is and is, in my mind, most deeply indebted to the 70s. This one shifts more into the 80s which is why i feel like you probably while you would agree that it's not as good as a deeper understanding like it a little bit more than i do even though i fucking adore the 80s as well and Mm -hmm. i love most of this record you're born around decade the 70s is your decade i'll tell you what it is no if you listen to him at all i don't know what the making of deeper understanding was i don't know if they toiled over it as much but this record was in the bag and then they basically went back when quarantine was happening and when stuff was going and they tweaked and they tweaked and they tweaked and they played it and they played it and they played it till they got to the point where they're like, yeah, dig it. And they loved it. And yeah. I get that they loved it. But I'm wondering if the last one was, we're putting this together, we're doing what we can, we're trying to give it our best the first go around. They didn't get to mess with it as much and what they had was golden. Well, and then they take the pressure from the success of that and they come into this next one, so they feel like they have to go back and master and make everything as dope as it is. And maybe that's the disconnect and why it isn't like just as good as. Because I'll admit, Deeper Understanding is one of the best albums of the last 10 years. They're best by far. And this is just a few tweaks and valley, peaks and valleys, just a little bit lower than that. And I think it may have to do with, with the climate that it came out in, yeah. how they developed it. But what I will say is. After listening to him discuss that with the two guys from the songwriting one, I can appreciate the band and him so much more because he basically was the most technical guest I've ever heard them talk to about like what he did, how he looped it and all that. And at the very end, he's like, okay, I hope I did all right. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Probably did. Oh, oh. Thanks, guys. And I was like, I, the dude knows who he is. He fucking knows who he is. And he knows who he is in his singing and his music capabilities and all that. And I... I my hat's off to you, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't live here anymore. More on drugs. Um, and the I war mean, on drugs was not a mistake. The no. other, the other thing I will say here, and it's like it sounds, sounds weird, but it's like this is a far more like upbeat, oh yeah, and positive album, which I love about it. One of my in my Spotify year end, I think my second or third like number one track was "I Don't Live Here Anymore" because it was the first single that was available, right? Or second single. That was available from this, and I just had it on repeat. That's the one that features Lucius. Now, my favorite on the album, I'm sure you probably will agree with me, maybe, I don't know, is Victim. Oh, yeah. Victim is like, immediately goes in that like, oh, that's one of like the three best songs you guys have ever written. I love the the insane guitar solo on the end of it that like, does not sound like anything you would have heard or expected on the previous record or nope. any of their prior records for that for that nope. matter. It's like so weird and distorted and stop starty, but like I I absolutely love it. Um, and I feel like they never went away because you gave me. I mean, I know deeper understanding was a year or two ago, but you gave me live drugs, and that has been and it still is in the only CD in my car that I listen to. Yeah. Like, if for some reason my phone dies, or I'm just like, I don't take my phone if I run up the road or something like that, red eyes, boom, 
it's not even on deeper understanding. It's on a completely different album. But however they played that shit live on Live's Drugs, it's complete departure from how it was recorded in the first place. Yeah. And it's one of my fucking favorite fucking songs that they play live. So good. Like, fucking amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Temporary Rain, the closer, is just a total knockout. There's some great... I mean, I love it. Again, yeah. it's, just, it's just a little lower... Maybe because, again, recency bias being what it is and being yeah. so attached to the previous record, I, I rate it, like, you know. But I struggled with my placement a lot on this one, honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of good shit this year. Well, go ahead and give me your number one, then. Um, no surprise here for anybody that's listened to us for any length of time. Um, my favorite band of all time put out a record this year, so naturally it would have have to have been pretty terrible for it not to be my number one. Uh, it's the Golden Casket from Modest Mouse. Um, I absolutely adore it. It's my most listened to. The opening track of it is was my number one track on Spotify. Uh, so, of course, all of my social media stuff said, fuck your acid trip all <laughs> over it, because that's that's the opening song of that album. Um, an interesting... Okay, so about six months ago, uh, a friend of mine... Uh, who I used to work with, who we bonded over Modest Mouse, basically was like, hey, I'm adding you to this group on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> you just have to, like, Accepted. answer some questions or whatever. And then yeah. they, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's a Modest Mouse fan group. And I've already experienced this over the years, and it's like, I should honestly leave this group because it just floods my fucking feed on Facebook. But You could just mute it. Um, I could do that, too. But it reminds me why it's like... Uh, it's one of those things I, I hate that like, oh, this is the company I keep every once in a right. while. You know what I mean? Because for years now, there's just there's this dividing line where a certain section of the fan base just wants to shit on everything after they got a little, a modicum of popularity right uh, back in 2004, you know? They just they can't stand it. Everything was everything was great before that, and everything's been trash since. That's the oh, trust me, I, I've been that person, but not like well, everything's been trash. I've been exactly. like you didn't know about them before I did. I've been that guy. Yes, plenty of times. And case in point, you know, for me, this was an event. I was I was waiting for it. I did what I haven't done, you know, in quite a while, uh, but I did it for several albums this year. But this was the first one that I did it for. I stayed up. Till midnight when I knew it was going to drop on Spotify, I did the head over-the-ear headphones, listened to it, and just, like, tried to absorb all of it straight first time through. Mm-hmm. And I, this was what, I mean, I was, I was weeping both because of just the, oh, I've been waiting for this for so long, oh, it's actually good, oh, it's even better than I could have even ever hoped it was. And then, like, certain tracks and lines that would then destroy me. Mm-hmm. It was a very emotional experience. And I think one of the things that a lot of the fan base is reacting to, this is the most positive, upbeat, and happy Isaac Brock has ever been <laughs> as a songwriter. And I think that makes a certain segment of the fan base absolutely furious. I think they want him to be this depressive, cynical, sardonic piece of shit that he's always been. Well, they want that because of the year they just went through. Exactly. And I think instead what they gave us was an antidote to all of that bullshit. 
and he's the hero you deserve but not the one you need right now no exactly and this this album still ha- i mean it's still he's one of the wittiest like guys to ever turn a phrase he's like genius level songwriter one of the best to ever do it that has not gone away but and then on top of that it is one what i'm so shocked by that a lot of the fan base is like patently against it it is their like one of their most experimental records since the early stuff that people seem to and it's like for me i mean it's it's called the golden casket a lot of people are like this is the last record they're ever going to make and it is if you listen to it it is the summation of their entire discography their ethos <coughs> everything it's all in here mm-hmm. but case in point my friend group people who i bonded with over them as a band like some of my closest friends since high school mm-hmm. check i was out. like did you did you listen yet and it was like oh no i haven't gotten to it yet and then it's like oh i didn't hear anything for a couple of days and then it's like i had to dig a reaction out of them and it's like they didn't want to say anything to me because one of them like didn't even finish listening to it uh, the other one did kind of like have it on in the background. It was just like, yeah, I just wasn't really vibing with it. And I'm sitting over here going like, it's all there. I'm, it's all I'm in there. Like, what are you doing? Got, Why? I'm like, and I just, yeah. It this made is me, me we're not friends no more. Well, it, <laughs> it got, dude, it was one of those moments yeah. where I was like, is it, have we just, have we aged past this point? Because I thought back to, I was like, dude, when we were dead before the ship even sank, came out in 2006. That was an event for our friend group. We we drove after school together to go buy our own individual hard copies of it from FYE in the mall because that's where you could go get it from. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we had moved on to Music Gator at that point. I think we had found the independent store. Possibly. Yes. Um, and he used to get shit like a week before it came out. Like he would just put it out on the shelf. He'd be like, dude, fuck FYE. You can come get it here yeah. for like way less money. And I got it out a week in advance because otherwise it's just sitting in my stock room. Who's going to police me? Whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, that was an event. I mean, we listened to it collectively as a group for like six months and then we went and saw them live and it was like a defining moment for our friend group kind of thing and you're listening to this album and asking them and you're like wait a minute was it you're questioning that now right well no it was was one of those just like have we all just kind of you know some people just grow out of certain fandoms and like attachments to things but i in my head i was like but i thought modest mouse was forever guys i thought they were forever yeah some um, people said that about another band. But we then I was about. I was comforted because one Mr. Baron Williams, who took a bit to get to it just because he was dealing with so much other shit in his life, but he came around to me and was like, oh, dude, yeah, no, I loved it. Like the next time I got to see him and I was like, dude, did you ever listen to it? Did you check it out? He's like, oh, yeah. I cried my eyes out. Uh, so, yeah, it could not be my number one. Uh, just so much great stuff on there. I don't know how the fuck I'm going to follow that, but all right. I mean, well, and again, I mean, go back and listen to everything you said about AFI's body. Right. It's pretty much how I feel about Golden Casting. It's like, yeah, there was, a, but there wasn't even that period of adjustment. I was just like, oh, this is what they sound like now? Fuck yes. Like, mm-hmm. I am so here for this from the get-go. Right. And I feel like for, you know, some other people, it maybe takes maybe a few more listens. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I do have some honorable mentions, but of course we need to hear your number one, and I I have no clue what it was because I honestly thought you were going War on Drugs number one. Well, Noah. Oh, wait a second. No, I know who it is. What is it? Do you need to take the sadness out of Saturday night? Is that what you need to do? Is that the title of the record or is that a reference to it? That's the title of the record. Is it J... J what? Never mind. I don't know. Oh, yeah, no. The guy who's like one of the best producers of all time. And like, you want me to launch it in my New Jersey thing now? I'll do it. We don't have to do all that. You don't like him? You don't think he's a cool dude? Jesus Christ. I'm just asking. Didn't say a word. I don't know. I'm just saying, man, like... When is you're, that your number one? Yeah, Bleachers. Take the sadness out of Saturday night. Okay. I yeah. didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, so... I was going to say Jack Antonoff, but I was yeah. like, oh, but the band is Bleachers. Bleachers. Excuse yeah. me. So, like, when you're a kid and you're listening to punk... This is his Springsteen record. How do you not like Springsteen? Like, it's not that I don't like this? him. It's just that, like, I get it, man. But so much of the stuff you love is just, like... Dime Store Springsteen. I'm not talking shit about this record. Listen, I'm just saying. If you, there's exactly 45 like, seconds of dude, Bruce Springsteen I could not like live the, without. You're getting like the bad cocaine that's been cut with like fentanyl. Okay. Right. With some of this shit. I'm just telling you, you can go to the source. Right. You can go to the source. I can source. meet this connect in Chinatown. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I worked it in. Mm, done it. Um, which is, that is the one with Bruce Springsteen. Look. When you're a kid and you like punk rock, you think Misfits, best thing to come out of Jersey. Sure. Then you get into like emo and you're like, My Chemical Romance, best thing to come out of Jersey. Then you start getting into more stuff and you're like, Jack Antonoff, maybe the best thing to come out of New Jersey? And then your brother's like, no, it's Bruce Springsteen. That's the best thing to come out of New Jersey. Maybe that and the Sopranos. But if you look at like, not just him, I'm looking at him not just as a musician that comes out. get Kevin Smith. That's in the Jersey trilogy, I have, I have. Universe. Forgive me, put some respect on his name. <laughs> forgive me, lunchbox, for I have sinned. Um, um, when you look at not just what he's done as a musician, he's the guy. He's the guy that's like, I got to be doing something, and it's music. So if I'm not gonna do Bleacher's music, I'm gonna go do this other music because like music is just his thing. And yes, I get that. Like Springsteen is just like. This guy that just sprinkled his his musical seed all he's over just America. A, he's a Rosetta Stone for so many people. He's a rena- he's a Leon Batista Alberti. He's a Renaissance man. He could do everything. He can do podcasts. He can do he can sell out stadiums. He's also he can play. got the he's also got the Dylan thing of like I could probably name you five or six Springsteen songs that you're like, oh those are Springsteen songs because it's like other artists got famous for them. Oh yeah, no, I know Sad Eyes. I know. Um, I know uh, Blinded by the Light. Because I know the Night? Because the Night, yeah. Um, what's the other one? I'm on Fire? I mean, yeah. The list yeah. goes on and on. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I'm on Fire is his song by far. I love it. I do. I, I, the Chromatics version is not better. It's not a better cover, and I do like his version. Neither is the Vampire Weekend version. I didn't know Vampire Weekend did one. Um, it's one of the few songs I'm just I saying, like if there's going to be somebody that I'm going to tout to come out of Jersey that could get close to... Springsteen, it's Jack Antonoff. Because if you listen to Lord's most recent record, if you listen to all, he is a, an amazing music I like producer. Solar Power quite a bit, and I feel like it did not get. I feel like it was. People were very excited before it came out, right? And then promptly did not give a shit. And I felt like the general 
consensus I seem to hear was like, oh yeah, I was too happy. Like they were mad that they she wanted, made yeah, an exactly. upbeat. Like that she was basically not. And I will, and I've said this before. Not doing like a chamber pop thing the whole time. Right. I was like, she's never been that. Exactly. But, and and I maybe I've said on this podcast, maybe I haven't. For him to be like, hey, you can't work with anybody, Kesha? Come work with me. I'll put this shit out for free. I don't need to make any money off this. Let's make music. When she was going through all that shit, for him to be like one of the first guys to do it and then to go on and produce stuff for her, I think the production is going to take up more time and you are not going to get more things with just him. But I know, and I know he's got his own music festival for Jersey. Shadow of the City is like he's a, he's he's doing a ton. But I was just so excited that in coming out of a year of lockdown, that I finally had a follow up to the last one. And it's just, I mean, it's it's been on rotation ever since it came out. It's just one of those. And you know, spring again, Springsteen's on Chinatown. It's probably the big hit off of that one that people would know because it's been out the longest. But there's just so many other songs in there that's like it it bleeds right into the last record and just what what's going on with it. And, you know, I think what needs to happen is I think that we need to get the War on Drugs and the Killers together and we need to get Jack Antonoff to produce their next album. And I think, I think... By uh, that time, the machines will have taken over because they know if they don't, then they're never going to be able to. I would rather Blake Mills produce that album, but good idea. What if we get them <laughs> together, but LP produces the album? Could you imagine that? And then Jimmy Iovine comes in to just put a little extra sauce on there. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yeah, take the sadness out of Saturday Todd night. Todd Rundgren. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, what's wrong with Todd Rundgren? I was just saying bring him in. Is he a good? Is he a, like a producer guy now or something? He was in the Sparks documentary. It just reminded me that like uh, he helped like produce them early on. And, like he's still around. And I was like, Todd Rundgren. Yeah, seventies man. Saw the light. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in conclusion, mm-hmm. I don't want to work. I want to bang on the drum all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, we. <laughs> It's we the work talking. that we avoid. Look at me. I'm self-employed, <laughs> Noah. I love to work at nothing all day. Why? Because I be taking care of business. Every day. Every way. Workout. Um, okay. Did we just literally do Bachman-Turner Overdrive on this podcast? I thought we'd agreed never to do that. <laughs> you swore after that one time. I'm just kidding. That's 2021, year in music. We were formerly called Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> but for tonight, we will be known as Barry Jive and the Uptown Five. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Kathleen Christ. Turner Overdrive. <laughs> you, you say that, you think of that scene in Heat, Body Heat, excuse me, you're just like, <laughs> you can't help the William Hurts outside the door. Okay. We said we were going to do TV, but we went almost a full two hours on music. So I'm going to say the year-end wrap-up to be continued. Yeah. Do you want to do... Like, now, now, question. Do you Can you, off the top of your head, give me some stuff oh, that wasn't new? Oh, I got some honorable new. mentions. No, you yeah, can give yeah. me some honorable mentions, no, but sure. give me we some can... stuff. <clears throat> I, listen, I can give you five singles right now that I loved. Um, 
from this year that didn't come out on albums, but I thought were amazing that people that should you discovered to. this year. No, 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 new ones that like I can give you five right now that came out this year but aren't on albums, and I'm waiting oh. to see what they are. Okay, I, I could do you... that. I could tell you five songs I found this year that I'm like, why, why have I never known about why this? Why don't song? you tell people whatever the hell you want to tell them? No, we'll end the episode. Okay, well, do you do? You, why don't you start with your album mentions? Okay, uh, Wahada previously brought up in here. They had an EP out this year. Okay, uh, called Do You Even Care? <laughs> which uh a little bit of a departure from them just uh it did different like it not not sonically particularly different just uh a little bit of a different vibe from reggie's vocal and a little bit darker definitely like uh, processing a little bit of the last uh two years i feel like mm-hmm. uh but very interesting nonetheless i'm looking forward to another full length of course but uh yeah a little five track ep um and then Obviously, I retroactively should have had Lindsey Buckingham on here and probably a handful of other people uh, his bodies here as well. But uh, last one I'll close out with on my honorable mentions. The Power of the Dog soundtrack score uh, done by Mr. Johnny Greenwood. And I guess a side note for that, The Kid Amnesiac, uh, which is the remastered versions of Kid A and amnesiac and all the b-sides and unreleased rarity the like massive fucking thing that they put out Mm -hmm. this year um you know it's old music but clearly if if we were taking all the rules off the table right that would be it somewhere in my top 10 as well so uh yeah okay Okay. I don't have any honorable mention albums. Uh, one single that just came out, uh, one right now, Post Malone and The Weeknd. I was going to put The Weeknd's greatest hits on here, but technically that's not new music, and it feels like a cheat. But it is nice that he re-released a bunch of stuff off of like earlier albums in this release with people so that people could get exposure to him. Because I feel like last year after the Super Bowl, people were like, well, what were those other songs? And they didn't realize that he's had tons of albums that have come out beforehand. Um, um, I will shout out, we mentioned it, briefly when it happened i remember i sent it to you mm-hmm. mr billy idol yes had a, a short little ep this mm-hmm. year uh i'm just going through my my top songs yeah, on yeah, spotify course, course. from this year to see if there's any we did talk about the killers talk uh about. another single i would mention is dustland featuring bruce springsteen it came out this year yes that was very fun to watch especially the live version of it mm-hmm. uh but yeah bitter taste was the billy idol joint that i enjoyed yes, the most I that. off of there that's that shit slaps, slaps you that. so hard Absolutely. Um, a cover that was in all of my playlists this year, I think coming tangentially off of Modest Mouse. I don't know, but it's from the band Dr. Dog. I don't know who they're covering, but the song is Hard It Races. Mm-hmm. And I probably might sound like an idiot because people are like, oh, you don't know that song? It's by this huge artist. But I don't know that one. Anyways. Uh, oh, huge shout out. to I have to pee. I can't. I, yeah, know, okay. I was going to try and round out the episode. I got to go. You okay. Talk to the people. I'll be right back. Well, another one that I really liked, um, we did mention it just a little bit ago as Noah's leaving the room. Maybe he doesn't want to hear me talk about one of my other favorite artists, which is uh, Bon Iver. Uh, they released a single called Second Nature. It is actually the uh, end credits track to the movie, Don't Look Up. Um, I also, earlier this year, just weirdly, we were going to talk about TV. The end of the, I think it's the third, or maybe it's the third season, or fourth season of You on Netflix. 
it, they wrote out to a song um, it's called Exile I didn't realize it was off Taylor Swift's album from last year but I guess she remixed it and there was she added Justin Vernon and his vocals on it and it was like wait a minute I know this guy's voice wait a minute oh shit that's and that's kind of how I found it and that's just kind of randomly been what's been happening this year with singles another good one I really enjoyed um, it it is one of these like you know these younger kids who is putting music out on the internet and it's slowly catching on and i don't give a shit what you think i don't care i did really like that abc song where the girl's like you know fuck you and your mom and all this and your friends everybody but your dog i was like this is adorable because like everybody knows what it's like to be like 15 16 17 and you just need that one banger that like lets you get all your emotions out when you're going through shit with people and that's what this one was and so i really could appreciate that and hopefully that will lead to better things for the young lady who released it her name escapes me at this moment noah's now back and uh we can keep going don't just listen to that jim on your own you're welcome that was a solid two and a half minutes of vamping on i was not I was not gone that long. There's no way. It felt like it. Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to start going into singles, songs that I heard for the first time this year that I was like, holy fuck, why have I not heard this before? Um, we, I mean, we can put up a Discoveries playlist as yes. well if you want to. Yeah. Um, one would be... Um, we can just keep adding to that one constantly anytime we... Yeah, your it. latest trick, Dire Straits. I had no idea. Uh, I mean, if you want to play that game, um, I heard Ten Man by America in mm-hmm. like a Walgreens. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that song fucking rules. I forgot about that song. Yeah. And then became obsessed with it to the point where it's in my top 20 most listened to this year. Um, did you hear that snippet that that country music guy put out? What? I got to play. I'll play for you off mic. It's wild, dude. Okay. Um, Changes like, by Black Sabbath was one of those. I was like, I've heard this. No, I haven't heard this. I thought it was like a new Ozzy song where I heard it. And I was like, shit, this is Black Sabbath. Never mind, I'm wrong. I have a um, band for you, considering that Kings of Leon was on here. I know you like Chris Stapleton. Uh, I Do you like Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats? I feel like you're in... I like that name. You're adjacent. Have you ever heard of Mo Lauda? And the humble. No. Okay, because for me, they're kind of like better Kings of Leon. Okay. And they're smaller, but um, another one where I'm like, yeah, just listen to the, just listen to the opener of this. I'll give you a little vocal. Yeah. No, I can dig it. Oh, dude. I honestly would have thought that was Kings of Leon. For a minute. Yeah. That's wild. That album came out last year. Mm -hmm. They've been around for a few years. Um, But, uh, some people I was driving around 
they just were like, oh, do you like this band? They, I literally, you know, I was bullshitting them. I was like, oh, yeah, they're really good. Because blah, blah. I'd heard the name and I'd heard them on our local alternative station. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but in my head, I'm like, I know like one song by these guys. So on Spotify, I pull up their like playlist, though. And so I had it going for the people. And then after I dropped them off, I'm just listening to it. And I was like, dude, I've been listening to these guys for like over an hour. Right. This is all good. Yeah. And I'm listening, you know, some of it's from different albums That's and it's how going feel, yeah. through all sorts of stuff. And I was just like, I really, really like this. So they're definitely somebody I got turned on to more this year. But that that album uh, from 2020 is called Ready Coat. Um, and I think you would absolutely love it. Hmm. Uh, really good stuff. I, honestly, their earlier stuff sounds more like Kings of Leon. This one is more richer um sound wise i think it was the first one they had like a proper producer producer like an outside person or they had more studio time to like fuck around with stuff yes yeah. because it was during the pandemic same thing we were talking about with well that's drugs. what happened like the first time i listened to nick murphy chet baker i was like this is good how have i not known this dude and it was just randomly on at somebody's house i was at yeah um did you know eddie hazel had a whole album i don't know who that is Eddie Hazel's the guitar player that uh, played um, uh, Maggot Brain. Okay. He's not with a, he, he. I remember I watched that. I think I told you I watched that George Clinton documentary. But I went back and after that, he did put out an album. And it was kind of part of the thing that Clinton did where he was like, I'm going to get multiple people to release albums as like so I can make more money off of them under one band kind of thing. But he does a cover of California Dreamin' and it is so fucking badass, dude. Like... I'm. I don't. I know most people don't really ride or die for the mamas and the papas, but I'll pretty much say that this. I, I wish this was the version everybody heard. I'll play it for you off mic because I'm sure. Um, this was. I just because I feel like none of it really came up for either of it outside of you had Tyler's album on there. Mm-hmm. Um. This year in general, like way less hip hop focus for me than yeah. Say we had Run the Jewels four last year. Mm-hmm. There's. I did listen to Donda, year. but like it wasn't anything that threw I, me. I skipped Donda. I skipped, well, not that I wasn't going to skip it already. Skip Certified Lover Boy. I'm not a, not a Drake person, but I've tangentially heard tracks off of it because it's been on top 10 lists. Anyways, I skipped both of those as well. But yeah. I was just going to say on the hip hop front, I did forget because there was, that's been a long year, but there was a. <laughs> there was definitely like a two month period, and I, I definitely sent you at least a video, but. Toby um, Noijue, do you not remember this? I sent I you think the video. So. <laughs> no, huge Vaguely. grill. His wife's in the video as well. Vaguely, it's yeah. all color coded. Anyways, super high energy. Who was the like, weird guy you sent me the video of? a weird white kid and he was like kind of going through the streets of chicago or something it's a long maybe i don't know how long ago it was i don't even know if it was this year but you're like yeah this is that guy and he's like this and it's like this it, is that guy dude you have got to i'm trying man i'm reaching more details he was right. like it was it was like super weird he was in some kind of suit like a like a furry type suit thing he was out in the streets it was like like weird indie not hip-hop but not rock i don't know what it was the guy looked like the dude from the dark knight that um or he looked like 
the polka dot guy in Suicide Squad. Okay. He looked like him. I can't think of the name now, but it was part of these videos. I was just thinking the other day because you showed me a bunch of weird videos one time. Remember we did that? We like sh- we showed each other videos and we're like, yeah, that was yeah. And you showed me that one that I was like, no, never again because I'll throw Tobacco. up. Yeah, yeah, it was in that vein of like. Okay. I think that was it. I don't think this is when you sent me. I think it's just when you, that you like you played for me randomly, and I've just been trying to remember the name of it because I was like, I think I like that song. I'm lost man, I don't know dude. If we about. are in a in a simulation, I'll it'll pop up randomly somewhere soon, and okay. I'll be reminded of it. Um, I have one final shout out that I will do, but uh, you can you can do whatever you want to do. Oh, I just mo- most of the other stuff I've had is just songs I never heard before that like I randomly ran into. Um, I did tell you, uh, Dire Straits. It's eight six minutes long. It's like got a fucking amazing. Um, saxophone going on through the entire time of it. I'm pretty sure you probably heard it. Um, I, I heard another one from Wild Nothing. A while back I told you Pop Paradise was one I really liked. There's another one mm-hmm. off that same album called Shadow. I loved. Um, and uh, let's see. Um, I obviously heard it, but it was part of this documentary. I didn't know what you call it, but Rumble from Link Ray. Like, just that whole thing. And probably the number one song that i like is old that i've just been listening to just because of like the vibe i get from it it's really weird dude fucking quarter to three from gary u.s bonds from like 1961 i don't know how that was never on any beach music we ever got to but there's so much in that that i'm like fucking rick james had to hear this song at some point and pull from it somehow you need to screen cap and send me a list of all of these so i can do a a discovery list of my own yes and then also make a separate playlist for our year end so hang on if i go if i were to go into spotify and make it myself could i just like send you that and you save it as a thing and add to it yeah you can make playlists public and we could work on them together and then make them private so nobody else can add to them okay but if i make a private one and just send it to you can you like would that be easiest if I just did it in Spotify and like send it that way? Would it let you add to what you I have mean, going on? If you're on? making it on Spotify, you can just make the playlist. Or could I, I could just add to yours, right? Sure. And it doesn't matter if I don't have, that I don't pay for it? I don't know. I think it will. Probably. That's probably why I won't, yeah. Yeah, so how about just text me the shit and I'll do the yeah. legwork like every else. You fucked it up. I was like every get, else. I was trying to get so angry and mm-hmm. then completely shit yeah. the bed. Okay, yeah. never mind. Yeah, like everything else around <laughs> here. Okay. Our pets heads are falling off. <laughs> <laughs> no work in this town. <laughs> yeah, unless you were to work 40 hours <laughs> a week. <laughs> oh, well, okay. see you later. <laughs> Man. Big goals. You are one <laughs> pathetic loser. <laughs> oh, God. That is probably still one of the best comedies of the nineties. Oh, for sure. I did. I, I did. No, there, you but, did, uh, did. I did shout out um, Second Nature, the 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 title rollout song from the end of uh, okay. Don't Look Up, Bonnie Vare track. It was in the part you missed. You'll find it. Um, What'd you think? In, in closing, what? Well, oh, I, I like the movie quite a bit. Oh, I loved it. Um, I mean, we can talk about it on your end list. I don't know yeah. if it's going to be on yours or mine or what, whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, 
before we leave, I, I, I am a little disappointed you didn't have Narcs the Lossogen at your number one slot. Oh, I, I thought. Yeah. I mean, come on, there, dude. There were so many bangers on that one. I didn't think it. <laughs> I didn't think that it deserved to be on my list because it is. I mean, it, honestly, though, it is like it's too I, good for you. No, I mean, it's in my recents. I mean, I got it right here. Yeah, I mean, you're typing it right now. I got it right here. I feel like it's downloaded. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Um. But now my, that now that I know you can like. Now that you know you can do synth stuff, like, aren't you gonna like come out with the masterpiece now? I mean, I'm pretty excited about the next EP, and then because I was honestly, bro, I was this close to having you a Roland, like a legit Roland, but somebody fucking offered more than I was I could offer on Macari. It's all good. Um, now you can sit around in your jacket and make music <sighs> and just feel the synth just flow through you. I gotta put on my finger. Yes, dude. Of course, It'd be my whole identity now. Um, my final thing I want to shout out, which will be a precursor for the episode that you won't hear for much longer, because we'll be back with TV soon and movies a little bit after that. Right. And I guess this is kind of in between both of them. Objectively speaking, my favorite album of the year is actually Bo Burnham's Inside. Yeah. Um, And I have gone back to it a shit ton. The only reason none of the tracks made it into my top ten is because it was one of those where I, like, just... Right. I listened to all of them, but scattershot at different rates and everything. Right. But, um, yeah, that's... I mean, I've already talked about it. That's, like, probably my favorite piece of art of, of the year. So... Yeah. I would throw that on there as well. Some absolute bangers, uh, if you haven't listened to it already. And it weirdly—it's also, to me, great to go back and listen to it isolated, just as music, mm-hmm. with the visual element removed, because I feel like you catch way more in the lyrics. Than oh, I do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, any yeah. final thoughts on? The year in music. I um, again, we got we got two more wrap up episodes coming. Out right. Here, I I really I'm 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 just glad that there was ways for people to get shit out. Everything yeah. I listened to from from podcast and to we, music, was, and we thought it was going to be hard to talk without clips. We're we're coming in at about two ten right now. Hey, you know what? If you need filler, that's we're good. <laughs> we're all sure. filler, no killers. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. I think this worked more organically anyways, and yeah. we didn't have to go through and be like, and the three tracks that I would shout out are this one and this one. And, right. Yeah. Um, I, my only hope with anything that we've discussed is that it just add one, it doesn't get taken down by some copyright bullshit. Two, it just inspires somebody who may happen to listen to it to say, oh yeah, maybe I should. Because I, I said it before as a joke, but I mean it. There's a world where... I didn't hear that you talk shit about me on a podcast and I didn't go find out about the war on drugs and I'm not having this conversation with you right now. Just think about that. People, every podcast you're not listening to, they might be talking shit about you. Think about that for a second (laughs) behind your fucking back. Like a couple of snitches, like a couple of fucking assholes. Like a f- bunch of fucking bearded, pretentious like a couple of indie music lovers. I'm not even allowed to love Irish indie music. 
God. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing too, Noah. That's why I never listen to Manchester Orchestra. I don't think I'm allowed to like any music. <laughs> <laughs> Movies or music, I'm not allowed to like it. Probably my single favorite thing to ever come out of any of our podcasting together is you say, "I don't know if I'm allowed to like indie music, Noah." Yeah. So sincerely, so sincere. That's the funniest thing that's ever been said. It just means because I feel like I'm a sellout. That's all. Like I'm not in it for the art anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, uh, legit though. You definitely. You've. You, I can tell you've at least inspired one person because there's like four or five things on your list where I was like, oh yeah, I didn't listen to that. I need to check that <laughs> out. <laughs> like, oh shit. Um, well, save the cheerleader. I, save the world. I well, it. again, dude, I just knew tangentially that that bleachers album was like oh that's his springsteen record because that's what all the fucking headlines said i haven't listened to a single song off of it but now i'm like i mean it was the same thing the last time you had didn't you have his previous record as your number one yeah gone now yeah yeah on a previous list and i that made me go listen to that one i was Mm -hmm. like i like this shit it's good so first one is probably the most like it has the most like music videos and to me the most exposure to people the second one has the best writing of stuff. And yeah, if you want to say it, this is his Thunder Road or Born in the USA or whatever. I don't know. Look, I get it, man. I don't know if I'm allowed to like Springsteen, okay? <laughs> I'm not from Jersey. I don't know about being... He's I for everybody. I'm He's sh- for the common man. That's right. the whole point. <laughs> but like, you're the common man, but you're a fucking millionaire. Like, I'm sure you had it hard at one point, And like, that's great. To me, you're only as good as the E Street Band, and they're the reason I go to the music. There's 40 seconds of Bruce Springsteen music I couldn't live without, and that's the hoo, ha, hoo, like the fucking breakdown of Born to Run. That's my favorite piece of music he's ever made. I'm good. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he's a great musician. You know, I'm just saying it's just I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to like him. I don't know if I'm. I don't know. If he I'm just letting me. you know you're allowed to feel about him. I do feel. You want to feel. I, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that you made space. a safe space for me to talk about Bruce Springsteen. He, my, dude, he got he weirdly got the most play of anybody in our 2021 discussion. Right. And again, he really won the day. He just sold his entire catalog for $500 million. Right. So, what did Dylan get for his? Pennies. No, Fucking I'm pennies. wondering. He may have topped it. I thought I Dylan need to look did, that up. Yeah. Wait, no, yeah, I think Dylan and Fleetwood were around four a piece. Right. The yeah, Dil, Dylan's probably sitting looking at the Springsteen Springsteen deal and calling his agent like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Yeah. Bruce got a hundred <laughs> mil more than me. Yeah. Um, three hundred. Three hundred for Dylan. Yeah. That's that is wild to me. How many? They, do so- they sell to the same people though? Um. Didn't Springsteen sell to Apple? Who did he sell to? I don't know. He's he sold to Dylan sold to Universal. Let me see who Springsteen sold to. I didn't know Fleetwood Mac sold their shit either. Yeah. Somewhere Paul McCartney's been like, see, you should have listened to me. You did you not see what happened? I mean, we also that didn't come up partly because this is, this was albums and that's a documentary. But I have not watched any of Get Back, which was a huge deal for a lot of people. So maybe I need to squeeze that in before. Again, I know you don't like me talking about Marin on this podcast, but I listen to him talk to Peter Jackson. It's not that I don't like it. It's just one of my, it's actually one of my favorite bits, honestly. Like, you just stopped Sony. cold. What? He sold it to Sony. 
for five hundred million. Springsteen was Sony. Yeah, Universal yeah. paid three hundred for Dylan. Which I mean, Dylan's I, like I got my whiskey. You well, know, how much? I got my whiskey. How many yeah. songs though? Because Dylan said it was over 600, 600 pin tracks. See, I and in my head, I was like, Dylan has to have more songs than Springsteen, but maybe not at this point. Right. I'm, that's know. what I'm wondering because I mean, six hundred songs for fucking four, three hundred million dollars. Guess what? He not had, a big deal. He has more songs than that. Oh, I'm sure. So that's why I'm like, that's why I'm very curious, like. But which ones? Like, and how do you determine which ones you retain the rights for and shit? And Springsteen, I'm like, maybe it was his entire catalog, and that's why. Because I know Dylan has more than 600 songs. Yeah. Well, and so, and I guess that means, like, he can't perform anything from then to now. It's not his. He can no, only do They new just stuff? own the publishing rights for, oh. for in perpetuity, I think. Like, oh, I he's thought not. That... I don't. I think the deal is basically like, yeah, he probably either doesn't profit off of it or he gets like some crazy small percentage now you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. they own the masters that's true yeah so anytime they want so if he's like if they want i'm good re- and they're like oh we're gonna re-release all these every year and he's like oh okay cool yeah, they're just trying they to will. grab all that money back yeah that he, spent. he yeah. doesn't give a shit and i assume it just alters like whatever he was or was not making from streaming now probably goes directly into their pocket because it's like we gave you the one lump sum payout right. and they're just counting on like if the world just sticks around for 200 more years it'll be worth the investment he'll pay, he'll pay off like that is one of those things where I'm like really like 500 million dollars wow. is he even going to be able to spend that before he's out of here wow man that's wild all of them like every single bit of copyright yeah that's why it's 500 mil. I assume no, that no, Dylan... No, no, Dylan. This oh. is Dylan. 600 okay. copyrights spanning 60 years. The copyright to everything, dude. That is fucking wild. And again, what does he give a shit? Yeah, that's true, but it's the same... Out two, they put out at least two Dylan records every year. He usually has a new one. Mm-hmm. And then they have the bootleg series, which is an ongoing thing that's on like it's freaking 36th volume or some shit. Wow. Like, yeah, because every album, every song he's ever written, there's probably like anywhere between five and in some cases like 12 different demos and cuts and versions of it with alternate lyrics, etc. Like, and everybody wants to have every element so that's why I'm like, I guarantee you there's a lot of stuff in there where there's caveats of like, oh yeah, you got the rights to this version of the song, but this cut, this version, this master, that's mine still. Maybe. It has to be. Because I'm telling you, of those 600, those songs, there have to be alternate versions of almost all of them with different lyrics, different arrangements, because that's just how a lot of those albums were written, where he just fucked around until he got one that he liked. But some of his most famous songs, you'll be able to go and find like six or seven different cuts of. <laughs> you know what's wild? Dylan did that shit on December 7th, 2020. How Another day that will live in infamy. <laughs> wow. That's what this title of this thing says. That's funny. Okay. Yeah. That's wild, man. Yeah. So, as I mean, always, we end on the the dark capitalistic nature of the music industry. <laughs> Fight the real enemy. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Nothing's changed. The 
except all the legends are now just selling off their massive catalogs to giant multinational corporations who who knows what they're going to do with it. So uh, districts, get ready, because here we go. Um, Food shortages are starting any day now. We'll see. Get your bows and arrows ready. Okay. I really hope I get put in the Florida district, you know, where Disney's king. That'd I be bet, great. I bet you do. <laughs> okay, I think we're... We're done for now. Way longer than we planned to go on music. Yeah. Uh, go check out our Spotify playlist. Uh, it'll be something related to the Ark of E. If you search for that, that'll get you our podcast. Any yeah. playlist we have on Spotify. It's a great place to listen to Look for to us. NARC anywhere you can. Lowercase N. That's uh, capital A-R-K. Capital A-R-K. <laughs> NARC. Um, yes. Um, and sincerely, anybody who's a listener of this podcast and did check out my album from earlier this year, I appreciate it. I tried to uh, buy a vinyl. I've got... What? I tried to, like, make my own vinyl of that album, but they said I didn't have the right to because I didn't own the music. I mean, yeah, that's gen- generally how that works. You can't just take somebody's album and... I was going to make it for you. No, I un- I appreciate that. Yeah. But unfortunately, I am on a record label. Who right. Who is going to do that eventually? Right. So I, and I, they I don't got want re- somebody I, else to do but it. But I couldn't figure out how to get in touch with them because I was going to go email them and be like... I'm this kid's brother. I want to do this for my mom. Like, I'm not, why you think this is going to sell? Are you crazy? <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, I was like, you know what? I think you're sitting on a gold mine over <laughs> there. You, you didn't even let the boy play any sense. <laughs> That's his wheelhouse. What are you doing here? Yeah. It's percussion, bro. The issues with the percussion, at least it was, but now I think they're expanding their criteria. Yeah. So you might be hearing some synth wavy stuff from an art publicly. I, I am Again, here you can for always it. go on. You can always go on SoundCloud. Yeah, get get a taste of everything. Link will be in the bio. People just read it. SoundCloud slash. For sure, that's probably the only music you're going to hear in this episode is yeah. my music and the little tiny things we played off of our phone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, until next time when we return. Until our... next year when we return. Yeah, I guess that probably will be because yeah. we won't have a chance to record it between now and then. Yeah, we'll be back with our favorite TV. We'll also be talking about one of our favorite TV shows because we're going to binge Cobra Kai independently. Yes. We're not going to be able to do our day-long binge. No. We both have to work. It's weird, but uh, we will get to it as soon as possible, and we'll be spoiling the shit out of it. Yeah, so be prepared. uh, So act accordingly. And I guess this means Boba Fett's on the table then, right? No. No? We're going to save it as a 2022 show? It has one episode airing this year. That's true. No, Thanks, Rodriguez. That's, that's a 2022 show. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm down. They with that. just needed it out because they were like, "Oh, the Marvel thing ended last week, so this week we should have a new show." And it's like you guys could have just waited and just started in January. Right. But nobody cares about these things. The Emmys certainly don't. Neither right. do the Grammys. We're not gonna fucking talk about the fucking Grammys. Give me a break. Yeah. Fuck great, them. great place to leave. Yep. <laughs> all right. And the so Academy Awards time. while we're at it. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them all. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. They bought their oh tickets. <laughs> they knew what they were getting into. I say, let them burn. <laughs> <laughs>